Welcome to PowerPlay. I'm Rick Budd, and in Port Ruby, I'm the Game Master. What you're about to hear is the audio from our Twitch stream. If you'd like to watch the show, it's live on Sundays at 5 p.m. Pacific on Twitch TV slash QTimes, or you can catch up with our archives on YouTube. For more information, follow us on Twitter at PowerPlayRPG. Hi, and welcome to PowerPlay Season 2. Um, I really can't believe we're here already. Um, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's been an interesting time to take a vacation, but um, honestly, I could not possibly be happier to be going back to Port Ruby uh, with uh, these uh, uh, amazing people. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's introduce uh, um, uh, um, our cast here. Uh, we have uh, B Zelda who plays Ulez Galley. Hi B, welcome back. Um, yeah. And uh, we have uh, Omar Najam, who plays uh, Vion Vigor. Um, Hello, everybody. Uh, we have Sam DeLove, of course, who plays Cadrax. Hi, Sam. <laughs> uh, and, and you're probably wondering, uh, why did they replace Caitlin um, with this mysterious bald woman? Um, and uh, if you look closely, you will see that that is, in fact, uh, Caitlin uh, Bruder, our, our, ben, our own Benny Beckett there. Um, uh, Benny still has hair, though. It's okay. <laughs> Benny still has hair, right? Caitlin uh, gave hers less, up for charity. Yes. Um, so, yeah, welcome back, everybody. And uh, welcome back to you, uh, the audience. Um, uh, thank you uh, so much for coming to hang with us again. And uh, I want to spell it, send a big thanks to Jake and Lauren and all of the mods and everyone who works at Times and makes this possible. Um, those people do so much, I could never describe it all. Uh, and we could not do what we do without them. Uh, so uh, your subs and your bits help Q times, uh, and your donations uh, to the tip jar help uh, the people that you see here on the screen. Uh, we call that the uh, you know the feed the cast fund, and um, uh, to that end we have got you know our usual rewards uh, as always. And here's how they work tonight: um, uh, at fifty dollars, the the team gets a point of community determination. Uh, they have none right now, um, although their own determinations will start full uh, for the season. Um, and uh, that's $50. And if we get to $150, uh, we have the Mysterious Benefactor. Um, In-game, our team has a Mysterious Benefactor who sends them all kinds of gifts. Uh, so far, they have got, <clears throat> excuse me, a suit of leather armor that gives plus one resistance, three smoke bombs that are negative two to site-based tasks, gas-powered grappling hook gun, a metal baton, a rebreather, night vision goggles, a tracer, a set of four earpiece communicators, a 1989 uh, barred traveler minivan. Um, and uh, that is everything they got last season. And if we get to $150 tonight, their mysterious in-game benefactor, who is actually, we know you, the chat, uh, can give our team um, a single-use rear tack dispenser for their van. Uh, essentially, um, it will uh, one-time use, dumps a bunch of tacks out behind you and automatically pops the tires of anyone who might be following you. Um, it is not subject to an evasion roll because it works as a surprise. So it is a surefire get somebody off your tail trick and the first upgrade to your van. Um, an excellent tactical asset. Of course, the soldier would be thinking like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's $150. And if we get all the way tonight to $250, we have our first after credits lore drop of the season. Uh, the after credits lore drop is uh, some sort of revealing glimpse of something going on in our universe that was previously unseen. Um, uh, but uh, now we'll, we'll, we'll give you a little look at. And uh, you can always see these tiers in chat by uh, with the command unlocks. 
And uh, if you can't help us out uh, with donations, you can always help us out by liking, commenting on YouTube videos and sharing our tweets and stuff. Um, and uh, oh my God, the, the, the art, uh, Adventure Awaits made this incredible uh, comic book cover. I, I tweeted it out today um, from, from everywhere. Uh, please go look at the comic book cover. It's like that kind of stuff just, uh, yeah, it just fills the heart. Um, and uh, oh, and now I am uh, incredibly proud to announce for a limited time only, uh, for a few weeks we've got, um, uh, you can get Power Play merchandise. Uh, we got t-shirts, we got stickers that got Caitlin's amazing art on it. Um, and uh, those are available at the Q Times Teespring store, uh, which Jake will put the link in the chat for you. Um, I got one. It's, it's, it's on the way. I don't have it yet. I was hoping to have it for the premiere. I, I will get it soon. Um, and uh, yeah, so there there is now Power Play merchandise. And uh, let's see what else. Okay, the game we play here is called Icons. It's published by Ad Infinitum. It was created by Steve Kenson. Uh, and you can check him out on Twitter at S. Kenson. Uh, it's great. He just spends all day long just wailing on Donald Trump. You, you'll love it. Um, and uh, the book edition is published by Green Ronin. Um, they were sold out last time I checked, but you can also get PDFs and stuff. Um, we play a little bit of a hack of that system. Um, and uh, last season... I was doing something where I was rolling a D4 and then making slight adjustments to the stats of the bad guys so that I could have a little bit more control over the outcomes because our players are so low level. The system wasn't really designed to work with that. And I just wanted to give myself, you know, a little more control over how things happened. Now our team's got a little more experience, a few more powers. Their stats have been padded a tiny bit. So I am now going up to the requisite D6. Um, I've got a green one, a red one, and a blue one. I brought three just in case two are cursed. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so otherwise the, the rest of our hack is detailed last season remains the same. And, uh, you can follow PowerPlay at Twitter and Instagram and PowerPlay is now available at, as a podcast, which you can get, you know, the Apple store, you know, wherever fine pods are cast. And, uh, that, I think that's it. Yeah. Those are all the announcements. Uh, so I think we have a new opening credits, uh, if I am right. So, Jake, take us away. Time for Power Play Season 2. Okay, I love the new intro. That's fantastic. Oh my God, Jake did that. Thank you, Jake. Um, and uh, yeah, here we go. So let's just do this. Previously on Power Play, last season we met four heroes Benny Beckett, an intern at a BuzzFeed like media operation called Chatterbox, who has the power to surround herself with an aura of flame, among other things. Uh, Cadrax, an alien warrior who came to Earth with a militaristic force called the Knights of the Blue and has the power to control harmonic resonances. Uh, Vion Vigor, uh, a novice private detective and former celebrity author who has the power to walk through walls because he is a ghost. And Ulez Galli, an amnesiac artificial intelligence from another planet who is trained to study plant life but can also fire vampiric blasts of light from their hands for some reason. And uh, these four met by what seems like chance and then teamed up and uh, tried to capture a supervillain named Curtis Haber. 
Along the way, they fought some vampires and some gangsters. They helped a retired superhero break an innocent woman out of death row. Uh, And in the end, uh, Curtis Haber actually evaded capture. But the team did recover the lost space pod that brought Ulez Galley to Earth. And Vion finally got an office for his fledgling private detective agency. Meanwhile, that pod initiated a reboot in in Ulez that began the process of restoring the memories that they had lost. Vion's sister called him and said that a sheriff had found his car with a dead body in it. Cadrax received a visit from the son of their mentor. And Benny received information about the identity and whereabouts of her biological father. And that's where we pick up. Ulis, you lay unconscious on the sidewalk behind the van. You were knocked off your feet by that electrical charge that reconnected you to your pod. And the moment that connection was made, it initiated the memory reboot and your past started coming back to you in these flashes. You immediately remember that your people call themselves the Keepers. And your homeworld is called Spire. It is an enormous planet with oceans and mountains and plains and cities and farms and villages. You start remembering little bits of your culture, notes from songs you knew, words from poems you've heard, the rules to games that you've played. You remember other artificial intelligences, and they're not all like you, you know. Spire has a surprisingly rich and diverse population for a world where there are thousands and thousands of copies of everything. And you glimpse a place you recognize as your school and faces that you recognize as friends, things like that. And eventually that sea of memories parts and your eyes begin to refocus on the face of Sandy Carpa, who is standing over you in the street. Ulez, Ulez, are you, you, hey, hey, are you okay? You okay? What happened? Um, hmm. What is your name again? I'm Sandy. You are still Sandy. Okay, yes. I am jostled. No. I am revitalized? No. I think I am back. You're back? I saw you, you like a lightning bolt like shot out of this thing and you got knocked off your feet. You're What do you mean you're back? My my memories, my 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 past. I and they're going to look at their little hands and like flex their fingers, test all the joints. I I have forgotten so much. Sandy, I've only been here for two weeks now. What? How did I get here, though? Hmm. Well, huh. So, you know, he kind of looks around. Um, and actually, I think canonically, or at least what we know is you've been here for one week, actually, because oh, this is still this is okay. still that same Sunday night. Oh, my words, but, uh, no. Yep. No, it's right. Yeah. Um, and, and Sandy looks around uh, and he. Uh, hey. What's that sound? You hear that? And, and, and you listen and you do sort of hear. This sound, a soft electronic beeping 
it seems to be coming from your pod. It's very fast, like kind of almost like, like, a, like a Morse code sound, but much, much quicker, more complicated. Oh, that's my ship. And I'm going to scramble up and try to like half hug, half check it out. Yeah, I tell you what, Ulez, make an intelligence roll. Oh, first roll of the season. Uh, uh, what do I do with the stats? Where did they go? <laughs> uh, your I'm intellect, Ulez, is a uh, five. A nine total. Nine total? Okay, so that. All right. Ulez, you start poking around at your ship to figure out what that beeping is. Meanwhile, Vion, inside, you just received a call from your sister, Amira. She said your mother had received um, a call from the Sendera County Sheriff's Department in Death Valley, and they had found a dead body in your car. And she said she was coming to see you to discuss it, but she didn't say when she'd come. And the moment you hang up the phone, you hear a voice behind you. Doesn't sound like she uh, trusts you very much. I spin around. And sitting behind you is the sheriff, your sheriff. Uh, oh my gosh, sheriff, where'd you come from? I come and go. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Why do you think she uh, doesn't trust you, Vion? Well, uh, she said that she said that they found a body or something like that. I, I, I guess I wasn't, and I'm gonna. Like, I guess I'm just gonna start pacing around because uh, this is very distressing news. Uh, I, I wasn't careful enough. I should have gone back. I'm gonna get found out. I don't know what's about to happen to me right now, Sheriff. Well, I'd say this is probably gonna be trouble. You know. I mean, uh, she's coming looking for her brother. And, uh, hmm, you're not really her brother now, are you? You're, uh, you're, you're, you're my spirit of justice, aren't you? Well, yet, yeah, Sheriff, you know, definitely, absolutely, you know, I'm committed to that, obviously. <laughs> you know, that's why I'm here. And I'm very grateful for you for bringing me, you know, back and, and giving me a purpose and all. But, uh, at the same time, I, I I am still her brother, and uh, and she is coming to talk to me, and I I don't know exactly how we're going to work around that. Hmm. You have a good relationship with your sister. Uh, I have the best relationship out of my what I did. Uh, it's complicated, I guess. Um, <laughs> didn't exactly end on the best of terms, but. Hmm. You know, but m more good years than bad, I guess. Huh. Well, that was a ringing endorsement, obviously. You know, Vion, I think she's going to see right through you. And he reaches his hand out and puts it right through you and pulls it back. And then... We're going to flip over to Cadrax. The younger Sonnevel glances suspiciously over at Abigail, 
Who's she? Person I live with. Oh. Can we uh, talk privately? I think that would be a good idea. Please excuse us for a moment, Abigail. Yeah, I was just going to go out and do something. Uh, and she kind of grabs her coat and looks around and she, you know, shakes her head and kind of pulls the door closed. As you just told her moments earlier that you were planning on moving out uh, and kind of left that point hanging. We so were he interrupted. So he uh, he kind of looks around the living room and uh, says, uh, this is a nice place. Are you rich? Interesting of you to have the cultural context to make that kind of observation. How long have you been here? Well, not long, but some things are the same pretty much everywhere you go. Call me Sonny. I would be more than happy to do that to your retreating figure once I find out what you're doing here. What do you know about me? Sonnevelle mentioned he had a son. Once. Twice. Ah, God. Yeah, all right. That sounds like him. Uh, you know, my father, he, uh, he wanted me to follow in his footsteps and become a knight of the blue and travel the universe with him, protecting weaker species from being conquered by the Alpha Combine. You know, I guess kind of like you. But uh, I didn't want to make it on my name. So I joined the Knights of the Red. Whereas you blues specialize in control, us reds, we only do mass destruction. Control doesn't enter into it. So what are you doing here? Step. Well, about five months ago, a contact of mine in the government, one of the conductors, he told me that my father's mission had failed and that he had been killed in action here on Sol 3 or Earth or whatever they call it. Now, the government's hesitant to make any further moves until they know what went wrong, but that's not my problem. I came here to find my father's body and bring it home. I've been checking cover IDs for everyone on the mission looking for a survivor, and lo and behold, the hospital told me that Dr. Caden D'Alto was still there on the payroll. So, and he sits back on the couch and leans back very calmly, you know, like he kind of owns the room. And he says, why don't you tell me everything you know? Do you have your seal? I'd like to see it, please. <laughs> Unfortunately, 
I don't have anything. I I had to steal these clothes from a drunk. Uh, although I did take his car off him too, so you know, give him a little, get a little. I lost some of my belongings in transit, but you got to tell me. Insight check. Night. Uh, make a intelligence roll. Mm-hmm. Twelve. Um, I'm going to say that as far as you can tell, he seems to be telling the truth. And you you might not have specifically, you know, you might not be super familiar with the Knights of the Red, but you know that there are a lot of squads and divisions that have, you know, shady militaristic purposes and that you might not know of. So it is reasonable to believe that his story is true, at least. Hmm. I mean, you uh, you were my father's squire. Surely you want to see him returned and... You really aren't your father's son, are you? In some ways. He's, he's still out there. He's one of them. He survived? You're saying he's alive? If anyone has ever been an ever singer, it's Sonnefell. <laughs> ever, ever singers. Yeah, I forgot. Nights in the blue and you're ever singers. There are no ever singers, Cadrax. No, 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 nobody's note sounds forever. That's, that's the whole honor in being a soldier is that you're going to be asked to risk it all for something someday, and 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 you won't come back. He, he will. <laughs> are you going to help me or not? I mean, hey, if he's an ever singer then shouldn't we find him? I'll help you. All right. So start off by telling me everything you know about what happened that day. Your father asked me to cover the hospital as a logistics point. It seemed important after we made our move. I think he wanted to keep me safe. I don't think he trusted me yet. And so I wasn't there when they disappeared. So I can't help you very much. So, I guess we're done. Nah. We're just starting. And on that, we'll move along to Benny Beckett. Oh, boy. 
Benny, Dino yeah. Mink, um, your boss at Chatterbox, who has taken a uh, enthusiastic personal interest in helping you figure out your powers, held out a manila envelope, which he said contained the name of your biological father and his address, which just happened to be in Port Ruby. And he said, happy birthday, Benny. What? Happy birthday. <sighs> Look, I... I... Yeah, hey. I think she just starts walking, like, around. <laughs> like, hey. I think she walks just back and forth for a second and then, like, looks back at him, like... And he's just like, hey, I, I know this is kind of nuts, but take it from a reporter. Kind of? Ish. <laughs> You always have to dig up the past if you're going to figure out where the story is really headed. You think about it. Let me know what happens. And he turns around and he closes the door behind him. I think Buddy just like yells <laughs> for a second. <laughs> like, mm, uh, uh, uh. Does like a couple laps around the living room. <laughs> like, where did, did he just leave it on like the the uh, coffee table? Uh, yeah. Let's say he put it down on the table as he walked out. She, I think she stands in front of it with her arms crossed and like stares <laughs> for probably a good like two two or three minutes, and then is gonna pick it up and take it back to her room, and she's gonna put it in a drawer and she's gonna shut it. <laughs> Okay. Uh, wow. Okay. Wow. I've been waiting five weeks to see if you were going to open that. Okay. Okay. Uh, She's not ready to handle that right now. <laughs> I'm making notes. Um, yeah. Oh, and I am also happy to report that apparently thanks to uh, the awesome people in chat, you now have a point of community determination. Oh, thanks. Um, Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, if we get to our next uh, tier uh, at $150, uh, the team gets a uh, one-time uh, rear tack drop for their car, like a, you know, drops tax on the road behind them to get rid of people following them kind of thing. It's like James Bond kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, Benny does not open the envelope. No. Uh, <laughs> so what I'm going to say is uh, over the next three weeks, um, Ulez, you start analyzing that beeping, and mm -hmm. it is very slow progress. Vian, you haven't heard from Amira, but in the meantime, uh, you've actually been getting a few small clients giving you, you know, nothing spectacular, legitimate cases, though. Um, that article, you know, that was about you in the paper was only a month ago, and it's, it's still getting you some interest. Cadrax, Sonny has been living on your couch. Uh, with you and with um, Abigail. And while you have been working uh, during the days and doing other stuff, he has been continuing to search for survivors of the attack on the Knights of the Blue, going down that list that had, that led him to you. Um, and Benny, uh, can I ask you a question? In those three weeks, do you open it or have you still not opened it three weeks later? I think she takes it out of the drawer like daily and like puts it on her lap, like on top of her laptop before she has like work to do and like contemplates and like just angrily stares at it. I think on a couple of occasions she considers burning it. Like <laughs> doesn't 
This whole this whole thing makes her so mad. Like <laughs> she didn't ask him to do that. She she didn't want to know that information, but also she thinks he has a point. <laughs> and that makes her more mad <laughs> to agree with Dino a little bit. <laughs> I think after like a week or two, she maybe like if the crew is all still like meeting up regularly, maybe she starts bringing it with her, but she still hasn't opened it. Cause I think if she thinks, if she's, she thinks if she's going to open it, it's going to be with these guys, but she, I don't think she's even, I don't know. I think everyone's had stuff going on. I don't know if she's brought it up yet or I don't think she's figured out a way to be like, Hey, this is a really weird thing that happened to me. I know you're all going through your own stuff, but like, huh. so I think she's like, taken to carrying it around with her, like in her bag or whatever, but I don't think she's opened it yet. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and it's interesting that you bring that up too, because now I want to sort of do something else um, where other than those storylines, which I just let you know what is going on with during those three weeks, I want to know what y'all are doing during those three weeks. I, I, are you hanging out together? Are you hanging out apart? Are you decorating Vion's office or you, you know, touring local arboretums, you know, with, with Ulez, what, uh, you know, um, what have you been doing with all the other time? Um, to start, I think Ulez, um, right after uh, they have that, like, that shock and all the memories kind of start sparking and flooding through, um, after hugging their ship and being like, okay, you're not going to explode. Um, they turn to Sally. I will be right back. And I, I assume Vion is like up in his office, like in the building. Sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. So they run up all the stairs. Um, I hope you're not on like the 20th floor. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think we'd have you up one flight is what we had. So. Um. <laughs> okay. Perfect. So they're not out of breath or anything. And they burst in. Um, Vion. Hey, I Liz. Mm -hmm. Went to school, and I was the smartest student. Is this is 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 this like a a a password thing? Or, or, oh or, no! Oh no! No, I, I I guess I should offer context. I uh -huh. remember my past. I was smart. I am well, that's, smart. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I I completely agree. I don't I don't have to even know your past to know that. That's fantastic, Ulysses. Congratulations. Thank you. I was in a very good school. I've only ever pulled one prank and I was just given a light. Don't do that again. But I just really had to share that. Would you like to listen to my prank? Yeah, I, w I was just about to ask, what did you get up to? I didn't actually think of anything. Um, <laughs> well, fade to black as Ulas <laughs> describes the most tame of pranks where, you know, like, Somebody was cutting their lawn in the morning um, and Ulez goes afterwards like it was like their principal and they cut the grass extra short, like by an inch. Um, and whew, the trouble. You mad lad. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You really got off light on that one, Ulez. That's a real. Yeah, that's you caused a little bit of havoc there. It. I know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and Ulez, you you sit down and uh, start filling Vian in on some of your school day hijinks. Um, uh, 
what about you, uh, Benny? What, what are you doing in these three weeks? You're working, you're, you're looking at your envelope from time to time, and, and what else comes up? <laughs> um, okay. Oh, so- by the way, uh, I think we have unlocked your uh, tack dispenser. Ah, um, yes! Wow, thank you so much, everybody. That happened we- real fast. Uh, uh, so, yeah, we called that, what did we call that? We called that a... Uh, Single-use single, single use rear tack dispenser for the van. Uh, and we're going to assume that uh, at some point, Vian, uh, during these three weeks, you go out and you notice uh, that uh, some modifications have been made to the van and you figure out that the van now has this kind of booby trap on the back for you. I um, feel like anytime that sort of thing happens or there's a package at this point now, Vian kind of looks around and just to cover bases goes like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So all we got left is the after credits lure drop. Uh, thank you so much, everybody. Um, so yeah, Benny. So yes, yeah, she has to go to work and stuff. And is if uh, Dino is asking questions, she is pointedly ignoring them and kind of giving them like I'm I'm getting to it. Like <laughs> that's her answer anytime he tries to bring it up. Um, she has hasn't made anything like for herself in a while, so she probably does a couple of like late night excursions. If people would like to join her on those, they, she probably only goes out for like an hour and tries to take pictures and takes weird videos and stuff. Um, and then I'd, she definitely 100% wants to take Ulez uh, and uh, Dr. Caden D'Alto to both a <laughs> either an arboretum or like a conserv- conservatory probably. And then a either whatever i don't know she wants to do fun things <laughs> with her friends who are new to earth <laughs> all right let's let's do a shopping trip sort of you know it's like let's okay we'll start at the arboretum um uh, we will say the day uh, today is um uh monday november 9th 2020 uh three weeks uh, uh after our se- the season finale took place uh, and um uh, we'll say the morning news comes on. You all catch Stella Combs on PR3, uh, who says, um, Mayor Jan Lindell's office has announced that uh, Perfecto technicians are well ahead of schedule in replacing the city's aging computer system with their own cutting-edge system known as Orson. The system is expected to drastically increase the efficiency of services while saving the city hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Meanwhile, oil giant Corlon has found itself hauled into court by environmentalists over proposed offshore drilling initiatives supported by the mayor's office. It is unknown how long the legal action will delay the project, which was expected to create hundreds of local jobs. Finally, industrialist Jonathan Fripp has announced his intention to buy the Port Ruby Ogres. The professional football organization, which first came to town in 1928, hasn't won a championship in 27 years. I'm Stella Combs for PR3. And uh, that's the morning news. And uh, then you are off to the Arboretum. Uh, is everybody going? Is this like a group outing? If everybody wants to, I would assume so, yeah. Cool. Um, Excellent opportunity to socialize the dog. Yes. Oh, dude, dog. Okay, wait a minute. It's yes. been three weeks, Cadrax. Does your dog have a name? Well, they haven't told me a name yet. <laughs> I'm still, it, it's disrespectful to presume someone else's name or attribute a name to them without permission. I, myself, like all members of the Star Choir, was nameless until I had the capacity to choose one for myself. 
Why uh-huh. should I do anything <laughs> different with this dog? You got a well, you got a nickname for the dog? Yeah. I mean, you know, not like you know, it's not their name, but it's mm-hmm. like sort of like a fun, a, a, literally a name. Okay, dog. well, and it's a title. Have you not uh, called this dog the dog before? All I don't, for three weeks. Oh, you have Ula? Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just catch up real quick. Hi, the dog. Uh, Hi, would you dog. like to greet? <laughs> uh, d- can the dog uh, uh, shake? And I'd like to hold out my hand to shake the dog's paw. And it like sniffs at your hand and then just sort of walks back, you know, kind of backs up to Kadrak. Okay. We'll work, we'll work on that one. Hmm. And uh, you're, you're having this conversation as you walk into, let's say, uh, the Port Ruby Arboretum. Uh, and uh, the Port Ruby Arboretum is located in Greenacre Park, which is sort of Avalon Central Park, a huge stretch of land just located right in the middle of Avalon uh, that's got, you know, anything you might find in New York Central Park, you know, trails and great lawns and little theaters and shops and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so Ulez... The Port Ruby Arboretum is located in the corner of the park and you and your friends come in and you can see right off the bat, you know, that this is, this place is huge. Uh, and it is just more, more plants, more flowers than you have ever seen. Hundreds of varieties, trees, shrubs, wildflowers, ferns, different grasses, and they're planted in designs that like harmonize with the park's natural landscape. Uh, and, and, it, it, you know, we'll, we'll say you take one of those tours where it's got like one of those tour guides who brings you around explaining what they all are. And he's got a corny joke for the name of every flower or tree or something like that. Um, there, there's a, there's a pool of water uh, that's got uh, like aquatic plants that live in it and sort of purify the water just by, you know, living it, living in it. And uh, there's a, there's a trail that goes through old growth forests um, and, and have trees that are, older than the American Revolution growing in them and, and things like that. And uh, yeah, is, is there any particular kind of tree or thing or you might want to see in all this or are you just taking it all in? I want to find a willow tree for them. Like oh, very badly want to find a willow tree. <laughs> yeah, and uh, um, the we'll say the tour guide directs you uh, towards where you can find those and he, uh, he sends you up uh, an old trail, uh, say that the park goes, just like, Sort of like the New York Arboretum, it's like sort of built uh, to encompass areas that can tra- contain like old Native American trails that are still built into the forests and things like that. And you get to walk through them and sort of see all, you know, see all the, the different trees that are planted along them and, and the, you know, the leaves. And uh, and it's November, so it's it's, it's probably like really nice in there uh, as everything's starting to turn colors. And um, and then it leads you to uh, what they call uh, the Willow Grove, uh, where you find willows. These are beautiful. Oh, wow. A weeping willow, a white willow, a salix capria. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I need to touch all of these. Uh, turns to the tour guide. Is the tour guide person still here? Uh, we'll they we'll just us on our way. There's, well, we'll say that there's, you know, a park employee nearby. Uh, yeah, can I, uh, yes, can I help you? Um, May I have a branch of the tree, please? And, and he kind of looks you up and down. Um, do you mind if I ask, uh, why are you dressed like that? 
Is that like a, like a motorcycle suit or something? What's with the helmet? I do not possess a motorcycle. Huh. Thank you You're for asking. Right. Okay, sorry, I was a little distracted there. Uh, <laughs> what was it you wanted to know? A tree piece. I have been tree. collecting most of the ones that are on the ground, but it points to a bundle. I now have a bundle of just like twigs and sticks in my arms. Um, I would like one of those. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, and he kind of like looks around and he's like, something might be arranged. And he sticks his hand out to you. If you know what I mean. I will give you a leaf. Uh, it's from an oak tree. It's very well. It's a little reddish. It should be dead at this time of year, but oof, I don't know. Well, um, this is not the kind of green I'm looking for. You know what I mean? Eh? Wink, wink. Not, Perhaps not. the ivy would be better, Ulus. Pardon? Perhaps the ivy would be more suitable. Ah, yes. Hold on. Hold on. Got it. Ivy. Oh, uh, um, why don't you just take what you need and go? Um, I'm going to be over... Somewhere else. And, no, before uh, you uh, before you disappear, do you mind uh, really quick? First of all, uh, hi, I'm Vian. What's your name? Um, my name is Martin. Martin, great. Uh, are you part of, or is there some sort of docent program here in the in the gardens and in the uh, park? I'm sorry, what kind of program? I didn't catch that. A docent, uh, like someone who kind of goes around, kind of talks about uh, you know the trees and the plants. Uh, maybe even someone who tends to them a little bit. Well. They they have a, a special staff who actually take care of the plants, but uh, I, I do give uh, tours on uh, uh, the afternoon shift. Um, but I just read what they tell me. Why? What are you what, what are you looking for? Oh, our our friend here Ulez is is really passionate about plant life, and I was just wondering if you had any workshops or programs or anything that they could maybe sign up for or attend or anything like that. Uh. I mean, we, we, we do have a, um, a workshop in um, rock gardens. Are you interested in rock gardens, Ulez? No. <laughs> and, hmm. and just so you know, it's, it's, not, it's not like a garden that grows rocks. Oh. Like there is still like plant life involved. This planet also has plants that survive on stone? No, it's it's not that kind of. You know what? Yes, um, uh, it's it, it, the class changes uh, every few months uh, from what the workshop is. But uh, right now, yeah, it's the rock garden workshop. Um, otherwise, you know, we give the regular tour here uh, every day, same time. Every day. <laughs> well. Every day we're open, you know, um, which is three days a week with the budget cuts. But, uh, oh. um, yeah, you know, so I will be out. back for those three days. I have many more tree samples to collect. I look forward to it. Thank you, Martin. And, and, and he sort of just turns around and kind of, you know, trudges away in a huff. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, and you are alone with the willows. I thought you would like them because... We've made reference to them a couple times, but also, I mean, they kind of. You know, a look willow like wisp. 
Ah, uh, it's not nonsense words. <laughs> well, <laughs> not the same thing, but you know, because we've said oh. Willow, but also like you're, and she'll kind of like gesture to your, the nodes on the top of your hand. Be like, they kind of reminded me of them. Oh. I thought you might like it. Those are beautiful. We do not have any of these where I'm from. All of our trees are very mm, singular. They're often like your electricity poles, actually. Oh, I like the trees here. They're so large and floopy and diverse. You Definitely were going with botanical circumstances. Pardon? The trees, where you are from. Yes! I had a lot of trees where I was from. Again, they were all pole-like. Um, they're nowhere near as beautiful as they are here. When, when did you access this knowledge of yourself? Oh, and, and the trees of your homeworld. Yes, yes. Oh, it's been three weeks now. I've not stopped talking to Vian about all of my education. Um, but Cadrax, I remember. I remember mostly everything. I remember being a student. Uh, a lot of my memories have to do with my uh, younger body before I was upgraded. As many memories do. Yes. Oh, you understand entirely. Yes. Ah, I could tell you about my educational system. I was an honor student. I was the smartest. I was always talking in front of the class, as I was told to. Are the smartest of your species considered the most honorable? Yes. Intelligence oh, is greatly valued. I understand. Yes. The concern is at times, because our bodies are all recycled parts, is sometimes the, uh, the sentience can wear down a little bit, but not for me. 100% on everything I do. 100% is an excellent score. You must be incredibly proud. Very you also proud. Gotta, you, gotta, you gotta hear about this prank too that uh, Ule pulled. <laughs> Grass is terrible on my planet. You must tend to it at all times. It's, nobody likes it except for my principal. They were a grass enthusiast. That seems remarkably similar to this planet. You have so much grass here, it's awful. <laughs> it doesn't sustain a whole lot. It's lovely to look at, and you can even sample some of it, but the grass that I've stepped on most of my time here is not edible. The dog has found similar findings. Extensive not... sampling of the grass, but yes, has not seemed to take to it, has rejected it at every opportunity after sampling. And you, oh. you look over and the dog is just like kind of sniffing the edge of the grass. <laughs> if you have any further fi findings, please do report. <laughs> pat, pat. Scritch, scritch. I'll have to have a conversation with your dog, with the dog. They have some thoughts on grass too, it seems. We might share our feelings. I'm still attempting to establish communications. I think ultimately it will be possibly more complicated than it is with humans considering the additional canon sophistication by comparison. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, there's usually, um, I guess I would say always, most of the time, a language barrier between, you know, pe people and dogs. So, I mean, you keep trying though. I'd be cool to hear what a dog thought. Are? Yeah, if you if you crack that dock, that that'll be pretty big. That would be incredibly painful to the dog. I would never dream of it. 
No, no, I meant like the mist, like the if you can if you can break the the language barrier, that would be quite impressive. Hmm. Well, I have noticed that we at least communicate on some similar frequencies. I'd like to do a hypersonic dog noise. Ooh. <laughs> I get the head tilt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Won't even make you roll for it. The dog, yeah, just all of a sudden look. Mm. Roll? Yeah. Quite so. I mean, it's pretty common to find ways to, you know, have a level of understanding. The so frequencies of your communication are, are, well, in terms of frequency by number, quite high, but frequency by communication, quite low. Yes. I haven't really noticed you to include much informational data in the upper frequencies at all. Well, yeah, we can't really hear it, so. Yeah. What? The, do the dog rolls over onto its back and kind of shows its belly to you. <laughs> ah, yes. This <laughs> at least is belly. perfectly clear. <laughs> <laughs> belly scratches. I mean, if I'm remembering correctly, sometimes when you're younger, you can hear higher, and then when you get older, you lose that... Ability to hear higher. That sounds like a downgrade. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and it feels that way too. <laughs> well, I suppose you do have very delicate cochlear cells. It's understandable. And of course, without a voice, how could you produce lower frequency tones? But you do very well considering. Thanks, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Actually, while I have this opportunity to talk to people fluent in human culture, perhaps you could help me with the conundrum I've been having for the past few weeks. Uh -huh. Of course. Can we sit under the willow tree and talk? Yeah, sure. I would That's like a great idea, Liz. Thank you. In real I life, I have a willow tree. The dog walks over with you and it sits down, you know, kind of right next to Ulez and sort of starts licking at the side of your face. <laughs> I love them. This is communication, right? <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Or it wants to eat you, one or the other. Like, yeah, I'm showing off my sticks. Like, this is from an <laughs> elder tree. <laughs> There's a stick on the ground. <laughs> there is a phenomenon called. Leasing. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I've attempted yeah. to engage and interface with this practice. Uh-huh. And the agents thereof. And for some reason, it has been unsuccessful. Yeah. I, I, well, Benny, I don't know about you. The trick that I usually use is, you know, when I find a good place... Um, I kind of go in prepared with, you know, paperwork and, you know, first and last month's rent at the ready. And then I kind of say, listen, you're going to give this to me um, because otherwise you're going to have to sit around and wait all day. And, uh, you know, you can keep coming back and showing this place off or I can just take it off your hands. I appreciate the tip. I will endeavor to do that. Thank you. I found my place on the equivalent of Port Ruby Craigslist. <laughs> and they just added me to the lease. We'll call Same it Greg's thing. list. Like Craigslist. <laughs> I'm on my place on Greg's list. <laughs> yeah, you can also just look for like desperate people. 
it doesn't always work out. Sometimes you gotta be careful with those. Mine's pretty great because my roommates ignore me for the most part. And this is a desirable trait in roommates. For me, yeah. In the city, Mine... definitely. <laughs> That's a shame. Mine was very nice. Yeah, why'd you move out, Doc? Or, I mean, you're in the process of, I guess, looking for a new place. Well, you heard that the mafiosa man was familiar with her movements. I thought it best to withdraw attention from her, particularly if we were going to continue. I don't really have a word for what we were doing, nor a sense of whether we are going to continue doing it now. We haven't in a while, and the acute events seemed to have passed, and I understood, but are we? Still? Only thing you can really bet on is trouble popping up, so I figure if that's what we're in the business of doing, I mean, all we gotta I, do is wait. I mean, I still think of us as a team, if that's okay. team you know what since we're here at the arboretum i, I kind of want to show uh i know right around the corner there's a there might be something that might be a little interesting as well it, it won't be as you know engaging and directly entertaining as i think a lot of the plant life but if you want to get a quick dose of human culture it's a good place to start uh because i have a feeling rick that there's an art museum right around the corner if you know, in the correct direction, right? And it's, uh, as a, it's funny you should say that, um, <laughs> because uh, there is nearby. Uh, yeah, um, are, are you looking for? Yeah, you want like an art museum? Sure. Um, uh, we'll we, we will say the um, Port Ruby Museum of. Uh, let's just make it the Port Ruby Museum of Art, so that it's not. So, if it was modern art, that would have been a real. Yeah. <laughs> would have yeah. into a real PR MoMA, yeah, art <laughs> yeah. Is totally a thing. Um, <laughs> separate museum. This is, I think, probably more like the Metropolitan. Yeah, let's. Yeah, one step yeah. at a time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> this or we is have like Rubenheim, and then like. <laughs> yeah, I was this close to putting you in modern art, but um, yeah, no, like, let's say, yeah, the the Port Ruby Museum of Art, um, uh, you know the equivalent of the Met, uh, is, yeah, just there off, let's say, uh, the north, east corner of the park. And um, you head up there, and uh, it's, you know, uh, today's a Monday. It's not a super busy day because you're there kind of in the afternoon, but there is a little bit of a crowd. Uh, Les, you, you draw a few looks, of course, you know, as always, everywhere you go. Um, a bag of sticks as well. Yeah. <laughs> And you're and yes, and now you have a bag of sticks, uh, and a dog. Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, you have a dog, and uh, you you come up the steps, and it's it's a really impressive looking building, uh, kind of built uh, in the old style, columns and stuff, and it's got these wide flat stone steps and uh, these beautiful kind of sculptures of um, let's say um, uh, 
Uh, um, well, they didn't have a sculpture of. Uh, Michelangelo is that the the nude dude? Uh, sure. They got some. They've got a David up there. <laughs> I, don't know. I love the idea of a of a sculpturalist actually doing a sculpture of Michelangelo. Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> actually, really fits as like an art system that possibly be like kind of modern thing. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Fan art of your favorite fan artist. Like. <laughs> yep, hundred percent. There are like sculptures of the famous artists that you know whose work Ooh. is in the museum, and and there are a bunch of them sort of surrounding you know this this area in front, uh, this kind of courtyardish area. Uh, and, uh, yeah, there, there are a couple of museum guards, but you know, it's, there's not, you know, you can just walk in and out. Yeah. I like, I like coming here because it, you know, with everything going on and everything we went through, it's always nice to remember, uh, you know, not just where we kind of come from, but also what we're saving. Uh, you know, obviously this existing art, but the idea is that, you know, for every person you save, who knows one of maybe something they make ends up in here. So. You know, look around. Don't we can't take anything. That's I think like the main rule. But okay, there. Also good to know. Pardon? We can't touch stuff either. Just oh. for our friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can't yeah, you you can't touch any of the pieces, but like, you know, wh- wherever you see a bench, you can sit down and kind of look and, and ponder and think about it. Also, if you don't like it, that's also fine. I think that's one thing they don't really tell you in museums. If it doesn't speak to you, that's also okay. <laughs> I take a seat at the bench. I naturally invite the dog up beside me and I ponder and wait for the sculpture to speak to me. <laughs> I will sit down with you. The dog is sniffing at the sculpture. <laughs> what do you think so far? I'm waiting. Interesting. What you waiting for? You said it would. Speak to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I meant like on a on a sort of deeper level. Like you would look at the form and you would kind of think about, you know, it's ah. interesting. You know, uh, Benny's uh, gonna I, sit down next to Cadrex. Be like, do you remember on the subway, the violin? Yes, I'm waiting for that. And uh, I, I'm going to uh, just set off a very gentle low uh, resonation, like go for the resonant frequency of the sculptural material a little bit. Okay. And you do. And, and when you do, you, you kind of set off the resonance frequency of the sculptural material and suddenly uh, you hear, uh, hello and welcome to the Port Ruby Museum of Art. I am Michelangelo and inside you can find my works on the fifth floor. And you look down and see that there's like a little speaker like kind of attached <laughs> into the corner of it. This is what I was waiting for. Very normative. <laughs> it is very different than ours, but I mean, well, I suppose this is what we came here for then. Well done. Good art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, they don't all do that. Oh. Well, I imagine they say different things, yes? Mm-hmm. No, no. I don't... I think it's safer to say more often than not, they don't. And right oh, behind you, a sculpture all of a sudden goes, I am Leonardo da Vinci. Welcome to the museum. <laughs> <laughs> this is new. I, <laughs> I I did not expect this to happen. 
Maybe we could try some paintings. Yeah, let's try some paint. Let's go inside. Let's try some paintings. Let's yeah. Let's do some, yeah. Let's do some, maybe a little bit more visual, less auditory as well. What, what is well? Oh, we are going to look at paintings, but can we paint? Sometimes oh, there's interactive spots. Let's let's go okay. ask. Yeah, let's go ask like an information desk or something. Oh, that sounds like my favorite kind of desk. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. You you head on into the museum and uh, there, you know, sort of the guards kind of eye you a little bit with the dog, but nobody says anything. And uh, you, uh, oh, actually, I should have asked, is your dog on a leash? No? Yes? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, That is the done and correct thing from what I understand for the purpose of safety. Okay. Uh, And because the dog has, uh, through body language, acceded to this and uh, walks without tension, uh, we understand that this is a consensual endeavor. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, you get a look from the guard, but he doesn't say anything, and uh, as long as you got the dog on a leash. And uh, you go right up to uh, the information desk um, where uh, there is, uh, you know, uh, a woman behind the desk wearing a museum uniform, uh, and uh, her name is um, Jamie. Uh, Hi, Jamie. How's it going? Uh, It's going quite well. Um, Welcome to the Port Ruby Museum of Art. How may I help you? Uh, we were wondering if you had any uh, interactive activities today by any chance? You know, see some art, make some art. Oh, absolutely. Right now, for a limited time only, we have an exhibit where uh, you can go uh, into uh, that hall down there and use uh, our digital wand to draw whatever you want, and it will be projected around the museum in random spots for people oh. to see. G- great, Jamie. You Great. I mean, on, on the you, screens and... and, and she points up and there are like these, you know, kind of LCD screens in the wall and stuff. LED screens, you know what I mean. Um, uh, does that sound good to everybody? Yeah. Yes. Curious. Caitlin also really wants to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and she just points uh, towards a hall there and, and you see, you know, you know, um, a room that's, you know, leads out. And uh, I'll say... You head that way since you don't want to go. Yeah. You know what? Um, I've got. I, I'm I'm gonna hang back for a second and ask Jamie a question. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, Jamie, one one more quick question. It is kind of a silly one. I know this is kind of a little bit off the book, but you know how sometimes in in different buildings and museums, there's like a cool dome where you can like, there's like a cool echo, and it's kind of like a secret thing that people like you stand in this spot and you can you know do fun stuff with sound because of the architecture. Uh, does there happen to be anything like that? Nothing, you know, that was consciously made, I guess, but just like a cool sound space. Does that, does that make sense? Um, well, uh, there is, um, an atrium, uh, that has a large dome, uh, that's, I don't know, I guess it's kind of echoey. Okay. Yeah, I think that'll do. One of my friends is just really into cool sounds. So I thought that, you know, if there was a, like a- You can find it on- this map right here, and she hands you like a. Perfect. Well, thank you. Shoot. All right. Thank you, Jamie. Um, I want to catch up with the group. Uh, and, while uh, that was happening, Cadrax uh, drifts over toward Ulas for a moment. What's the art like on your planet? We are not fond of art. It's disappointing, truly, but. We only observe what can be absorbed, and art is not definable. 
It is one of its distinguishing features. Yeah. I'm learning to appreciate it. Sometimes Sally and I will do some crayons in the morning. Over coffee. You'll have to show me what a crayon is. I'm curious. They're wonderful. And they're made out of wax and slightly consumable. Huh. I appreciate the utility that humans think of with multi-purpose objects. Right? I'm appreciating it a lot. I know that when I endeavored to do anything constructive with my eating materials, I was dissuaded. So now I will have to speak to Abigail. Ah, but art, does your planet possess art? Every piece speaks to you. That sounds wonderful. And then the cataracts just... Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. We can do more science. No, no, no. Just Cadrax sort of stops for a moment. So I think that's how Vion can catch up. It's just that little bit of slow in, in a reverie. Perfect. Uh, hey, you know, Doc, if you want to go, um, you know, do the painting thing, uh, by all means. Um, but I, I also, I think there's a room that you might be interested in if you want to go. Yes. Uh, I, I accede to your greater cultural knowledge in showing us this place. Okay, great. Uh, I mean, this is a little less cultural, a little bit more fun. But um, uh, yeah, so I guess we'll split up and we'll just meet back up at the information desk in a little bit. Does that work for everybody? Sounds good to me. Our timepiece is synchronized. Uh, um, uh, Benny, our phones are probably... Should, just, should be good. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> We will run through the information desk. Okay, so who's going where? Um, Vion and uh, Ula. Uh, I think Vion's showing Cadrax the atrium. Oh, Vion's saying Cadrax the atrium. Okay. Um, Okay, so let's start with uh, Ulez and Benny. You head down to uh, the art exhibit. Um, And uh, when you get there, uh, it looks like, you know, there are you know, gates for, you know, for people to stand and wait in line. Uh, but there's not really much of a line right now because it's kind of early in the day on a Monday. And the hall is sort of darkened. And uh, what there are is like along the wall, there are these kind of like booths that have like a little screen on them. And there's like a wand that's connected to the booth. And, you know, it's, it's you know, it's like drawn on your phone or something like that. There's like a little thing where you can choose the colors and the, the thickness of the line you're using. Uh, and... Um, a couple of the booths are filled with people, but there are a couple of vacancies, too. What are you going to draw, Benny? Oh, um, I guess I hadn't thought that far. Uh, we can f- figure it out, I guess. Do you have an idea? The willow tree. That's perfect. <laughs> Is it? Are they, like, separate booths, or can we, like, sit together? Uh, well, let's say you can stand side by side at the very okay. minimum, sure. Cool. You... Let's make this a collaborative effort. Would you like to do the colors and I will do the lines? I would love to. <laughs> While we do this, can you tell me about, uh, and I'll gesture, like I'm sure there's actual art around us. Like, how do I interpret it? It is undefinable and that is a problem from where I am from. I guess that's kind of the cool part is that you can kind of interpret it however you want. Like, if you look at something, 
there are some paintings. I think maybe like if there's like off like other hallways off to like other ways or something like the abstract wing or something. If you're like, we can look at them later, but there are some paintings in like artwork that don't look like anything except what you want them to look like or what you think they look like, which is pretty cool. Oh. Mm -hmm. And there are some paintings that are one thing, but might mean another thing. And there's some art that just is what it is. Hmm. That sounds incredibly complicated. It's just, how do you describe art? <laughs> Benny's just kind of like, I think as someone who is a creative, she is a creative and like went to art school. She's like, God, I don't know how to, man. She's like, it's, art is a story. Art is a feeling. Oh. And you just, it's an experience, I guess. You just kind of look at it and you feel whatever it feels to you. And then you like it or you don't like it. And then you can look at something else. Hmm. Kind of like, and I'll gesture at this wonky willow tree that we've yeah. kind of like <laughs> half drawn, half colored. Kind of like, this makes me feel happy. Happy and nostalgic for the willow tree that I am already missing. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Okay, I think I understand. You've gotten uh, your point across, definitely. And, and, and you drew, what did you draw together? You, you drew the tree? Mm -hmm. The willow tree. Happy mm -hmm. little trees. <laughs> yeah, Can you describe and, anything about the art style? Like, I'm curious if it's like a very precise, like a technical drawing, kind of like very realist approach, how it interacts with your memory, how much representationalism oh. is there. That, I like that question a lot because it's kind of a, like art. Les isn't allowed to do art per se. Art isn't educational. Um, so their skills are a little toddlerish. Um, you know, it's like an adult drawing with their left hand. Um, <laughs> or me drawing really at all, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they practice with a lot of crayons lately. <laughs> uh, so it's it's a little amateur um but they are very proud of it and like it's it's their interpretation of what they've seen so through their eyes and their eyes are a little they're a little bit of a young interpretation you know cool is can benny color in the lines yeah okay i think then it would have like not abstract colors, but like a more pointed like color palette. Cause I don't think Benny is like, uh, she doesn't like draw necessarily. Like she can do like storyboards and stuff, but like that's pretty representational. But color is something I think she understands. So the color, it probably has like a very like specific palette um, that wouldn't be photo accurate, but like is like on purpose kind of a thing. And she would color in, color in Liz's lines. <laughs> Yeah. If your values are on point, the color will always work. <laughs> <laughs> that's color great. and lighting, she knows. <laughs> I mean, that that's great. And it's like uh you're you're calling in Ulez's lines and uh across the museum, uh Vian and uh Cadrax, you don't even notice as you walk past one of these uh L C D screens that are in the wall and, and you see this picture of this willow tree kind of just flash 
and stay up there as you sort of walk by headed towards the atrium and uh, you walk towards it and, and as you turn in towards this hallway, uh, you can immediately start hearing kind of like notes um, playing very kind of quickly. And as you walk closer, uh, the notes are this kind of striking fast tones. It's not quite a piano. Uh, you can't quite, you know, get your head around it. And, and you get to the atrium and uh, there in the atrium, uh, there's like a little, you know, coffee stand. And uh, next to the coffee stand, uh, there's like, um, um, you know, they got a little musician guy there and he's playing the vibraphone. And uh, he's kind of, you know, beating on the vibes with mallets, playing a sort of soft little kind of jazzy tune, a little, you know, Lionel Hampton-ish or something like that. So what is the purpose of this location? And clearly whenever whenever the jazz intensifies, it's it's like kind of like noise seems to yeah. be Cadrax's reaction. Like, sorry, I'm trying to focus on you, but like there's this thing in my ear. And it, and it echoes around the atrium is sort of like giving it this huge booming natural reverb. So the, the, the vibes are kind of, he's playing softly, but they're very loud in there. Soft uh, yarn mallet. I completely hear it. Yep. I don't know. I mean, the thing for me about music is that it's something that you can all share without having to like necessarily like do one thing. You're not like creating a physical thing. You're not destroying a physical thing. It's kind of just a shared experience that we all get to have. It's true. It's sound. It's a mechanical wave. It neither creates nor destroys, but only moves. Something kind of cool about that. I also just like jazz because, I mean, to me, it sounds like perfect imperfection. There's no real other way for me to put it, but that's what I really kind of dig about it. And this musician's doing a great job. I've heard the word. What is jazz? Jazz music? Jazz yes. music is, I mean, this is American legacy music. It's, you know, folks who kind of grew up from all different kinds of backgrounds who decided to take the instruments that they had and, and create like a completely unique sound that spoke to them and expressed themselves. And we still play those pieces today. I see. It's um, kind of like this, I don't know, uh, the thing for me about jazz, and I know there's like a lot of classical stuff and it's very high and mighty. And, you know, I, we, I can talk about Bach for, you know, five minutes and then I'm probably <laughs> drained of all my information. What I like about jazz though is half the time, I don't know the musician who originally wrote the piece or whatever, but they're still there. It's this weird sense of, I don't know, like immortality or something, something they wanted to express. They put into a piece of music and you just hear it and you get it, but it's not the words. It's just in the back of your head. You just understand what they were trying to get you to feel. And it's this connection with someone you've never met. Who's probably not even around anymore. I'd like to make an intellectual very quickly. Sure. Uh, what are you, what are you, what are you trying to figure out? Uh, I know I need an intellect role to handle jazz theory on any level. Okay. Um, <laughs> like, wow. like uh, common practice period harmony would be difficult enough and make enough sense. But jazz as a harmonic structure to even comprehend is like fairly far out there because it's a lot about harmonic substitution. Like mm -hmm. trying to understand the grammar of jazz is significantly more challenging. Okay, then... <laughs> And especially like as a Charles Mingus fan, I am going to agree with that and set this as a difficulty level of four, saying that it takes an above average human to really 
not um, <laughs> absolutely true as a classical musician who's not great at jazz yes absolutely true all right all right die all right die all right die let's go Oh, hey, five, five on the die. It wants me to know things about jazz a little bit. So that's an 11. Five on the die. That's an 11. Ooh. So that is... I do not understand tritone substitution. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's a major success. And as you sit there and it's like with the booming reverb rolling around in there and, and, and you sort of, you kind of let go for a second, just stop looking for the order in it. And, and, and after a while, the notes just kind of start making you feel a certain way. And it's, you know, he's just some guy who stands next to a coffee shop in the museum and, and, and plays the vibe. You know, it's like you're, you're, you're not seeing, you know, one of the world's greats, you know, on stage at Carnegie Hall right now. But still, there is something in the jazz that sort of entrances you a little bit. Cadrax gets in very, like, Closer to Fionn than they usually do, a person of great personal space. This jazz makes sense. No, no, yeah. no, it has a, it has a language. It, it's, it's communicative. Yeah. They were doing this the whole time? Musicians? Yeah, the, 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 the noise. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the sort of the point of it. It's kind of like a unifying communication. Do you? I'd like to try to roll in with it. Oh. Right. <laughs> You want to, you want to. Uh, so just, uh, because this is a, it, it's a literal vibraphone. Right. Oh, you want to, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't get what you meant. Um, like, what are you, just so I know, what are you trying to do essentially just to add to the music or are you trying to actually like. Yeah. Because I rolled so that I could understand the harmonic structure. Okay. So um, that the makes sense in context. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's like, uh, okay, um, let's just set the same difficulty because just because you understand jazz doesn't necessarily mean that you can do you it. You can commit oh. jazz. No. Yeah, yes. tell me about it. Um, uh, but for this, I would like to spend uh, determination. Yeah, what, what quality are you invoking? Uh, let me see, what do you got here? All work, no play, a pile of my earth, not from around here. It's it's not from around here, uh, because it's an attempt at communication. Honestly, okay. like Ooh. today's all about attempts at communication with humans. Yeah, well, okay, no. I, I like that. I like that. Um, That's what you're called, right? <laughs> Sol three ends. <laughs> yeah, solars sometimes. Sure. All right. Uh, cool. So that's let's see. Two from the determination plus one for power plus is uh, nine plus die. Cool. Come on. What? Oh, only a two on the die. So um, 11. Okay. So that is a major success. Um, you start 
manipulating the harmonic resonances in the air. And well, do you do you want to describe what you do actually? Yeah. So at first what is perceptible is that some notes seem to be lingering longer as if the bar was continuing to vibrate. Uh, and it's noticeable if only because it doesn't create an immediate sonic clash, as you would expect. It only happens in beats that continue that note's harmony, that fit into the groove. And then it's a little more as if the musician were doing double mallet percussion. It is very common to have uh, two mallets in each hand and to play accordingly. But in this moment, the musician only has one set. There are notes that if you follow closely enough, you could see he simply was not hitting. And, 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 and you had, look over at the guy playing and, and like he you know, starts kind of looking around like all confused about you know where this extra sound is coming from but it's jamming so he kind of doesn't stop as it's just you know it, it, it's just this this kind of beautiful like jam section of you know he, he he's laying down like this this kind of like bass you know kind of rhythm and and you are now just adding all these little fluttering notes all over the place and like other other people in the atrium drinking their coffee are turning around and starting to take notice of how much better the music has suddenly gotten <laughs> are you uh are you doing this doc and then it goes all almost immediately back to the single musician uh, as their focus crack into it. They can do one or the other. I was, was attempting to speak. You were jamming out. That was great. Is that how jazz? Yeah, that's how jazz. <laughs> you completely got it. It's, 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 it's communication, but the more you talk, the, the more intricate it gets. It's not like a one than the other. It's like something you can stack and it participates. That was great. You just picked that up. I'm actually, I'm very impressed and very happy for you. I, I will be honest. I am very jealous that you're able to just do that. The, have you introduced many people to Earth before? Uh, no. Uh, I'll be completely honest. Uh, it was first Ulez, then you. To my knowledge, that's pretty much it. Even the other folks that I hang out with that are sort of a little bit outside of the traditional human definition uh, have been here before, so. You're, you're really very good at it. And I look down at the dog. And, and, and the, the dog just is, you know, sort of sleeping at your feet. Well, you're very good at uh, you're very good at getting to know it, Doc. It's not such a bad planet. <laughs> Thank you. We're we're trying, you know. <laughs> and on that, the song comes to an end, and the vibe player goes, you know, like like stops, and all the people in the atrium just start applauding like crazy, and the vibe player goes, 
Thank you. I will be here all week. <laughs> I would like to really quick just like nudge the doc, um, which I don't. I don't think we've ever physically interacted before. Am uh, I right? Here? Only immediately prior to the extraordinary painful experience of being ghosted. That's right. Okay, so outside of combat, I don't think we've ever physically interacted before. Oh, I think that's very correct, yes. <laughs> uh, I would like to nudge you and just say, they're applauding for you too, by the way. What is that supposed to convey? Okay, yeah. Now, this is actually, I, I, will, I will admit, this is silly. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I think Vion teaches me about this terrible noise on purpose that we do, that I've been wondering about for so long, so long. Why do people do this? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's fantastic. Um, and uh, I will say, you know, from there, uh, y'all meet back up at the information desk and, you know, spend some time touring the museum and, and looking at great works of art. And, you know, Willis, you, you get a chance to decide what you think of them. And, and, and Kadrax, you, you, you get a chance to sort of hear the different musics playing around the, the museum in, in, in each wing and section. And, you know, you're suddenly notice music every time you walk into a room and it's playing. It's, it's, it's suddenly there for you. And um, is there anything else you all want to do? Other than admire all of the plants and the paintings, I think this has been a very productive stay, visit, exploration, and, tiny adventure. <laughs> and we'll say by the time you get out of the museum, uh, it is turning dark out. Mm -hmm. And um, what time is it? 6.25. Okay. Uh, and uh, you walk out of the museum and um, as you are coming out you're getting ready to head back to i guess the van or how did you get here van subway what did you do i mean honestly we probably took the subway parking yeah. around here not great you know what that means though we had to follow the new york subway rule for dogs Dog in you, a bag. That's why I have a bag. You can have any now. dog as long as it fits in a bag. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like, like, it has happened while Cadrax has probably in like a utility pack or something a folded up like IKEA bag. Yeah, I'm gonna say. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> yep. And as you are trying to get the dog back into the IKEA bag, um, Vian, your cell phone starts vibrating. Unknown number. Uh, yeah. Hello. Is this uh, figure? Yeah. Who am I speaking to? It's Haber. Curtis, you called. I'm very glad that you gave me your ring. How you doing? And I, I would like to just kind of like pocket and look and just be like, it's Curtis Haber. Not doing so great, exactly. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah. I tell you what, last couple of weeks as a fugitive has not really been that great on me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I want to surrender to you. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm going to send you the address of my office. Why, why don't we meet there and talk about it? Real mm. quick, Curtis. 
this ain't a trick, right? No, no tricks. Okay. Uh, I don't know quite if I want to be inside an office right now. Why don't we say, uh, you know where Doran Park is? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll say, yeah, Doran Park is in Yard Hill, kind of, you know, a few blocks from your office. We'll say it's a small, like kind of one of these one block parks that's just got like, you know, kind of a couple of benches in it and stat- maybe a statue or something in the middle, like that, that kind of like, you know. Um, and he says, uh, all right, let's say two hours, Doran Park. You could bring your friends, but no cops. I see one cop. I'm out of there. And don't yeah, forget, we, I can still shake buildings. Uh, well, you won't be shaking no buildings. Don't worry about it. We're not bringing any cops. We got a dog. Is that all right? Yeah. I'm a dog, okay. man. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I figured. But, you know, I just thought I'd be polite and ask. Great. Doran Park, two hours. We'll see you there, Curtis. See you there. And we'll see you after the break uh, in 10 minutes. Thank you, everybody, and uh, uh, we'll see you soon. Hello. Uh, welcome back. Uh, and, uh, yeah, as you have probably seen in the chat, we are having a little bit of a technical problem. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, Sam has uh, lost signal right now, but we are going to try and get Sam back in uh, through audio uh, until, um, until you know, if we, if we can get picture back. Um, do, do we have that yet, or is that, is that rolling? The, the audio? The audio. Uh, I have sent Sam the phone number for them to call in. Uh, if they want to log in, they can. Gotcha. Um, so uh, I'm going to make sure uh, Sam knows that. But um, uh, meanwhile, um, uh, uh, meet, my, meet the lovely cast, um, Omar, Najam, uh, Omar Najam, um, uh, um why don't you um, uh, dazzle uh, uh, the audience um, with your uh, uh, wit and charm while I take Sam? Okay. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I, so hear me out. I'm happy to keep RPing. Um, I can never not ask you y'all human questions about Earth. Like, if we just want to like vamp about Earth for a little we, bit, yeah. we, sure. answer, we answer those questions. <laughs> Let's assume you're on the subway uh, uh, starting to head back to Baronsdale, and um, uh, even though the Curtis Saber thing is hanging over your head right now, you, you take an extended moment to answer some questions for Ulis. Um, <laughs> Fionn, mm-hmm. something was brought up many, many episodes, many, many weeks ago, and it was the idea that you execute your humans. Yes. Where... What do you do with their bodies when they have been forcibly removed? You know, that's a, actually a very good question, Ulez. I, I don't, uh, you know, I don't specifically know. I've only got assumptions. Uh, I haven't really looked a whole lot into it, but I'm starting to think that maybe I should just to become a little bit more educated on the subject. Um, but I would imagine that it's uh, sort of after like an investigation to make sure that um, the execution, which I personally don't believe in, you know, occurred w- legally, I guess, uh, or up to a legal standard. Um, I, I suppose the, the body's usually either buried or, uh, processed through whatever ceremony, uh, the person had wished. That's my assumption. I could be completely wrong. Cause it's in general, the whole thing's really not up to snuff for me. So. 
do you bury your humans to let them fertilize your earth? That's a that's actually a, a good question. Uh, Benny, do you know? I mean, we should, but that's not why. It's not, yeah. I mean, it's sort of like metaphorically in a way, like uh, a lot of cultures might do that. You know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, kind of like you come from the earth. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, the way we kind of do it is not really super conducive to that process in terms of a lot of the uh, sort of funerals I've attended, where it's, you know, you've got like a casket and stuff like that. Also, not every culture buries. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. I guess I ask this primarily because you have so many humans on this planet, and then you all just go into your Earth? Is Earth made of human bodies? (laughs) Well, Ulez, when you put it that way, (laughs) kind of does feel like it a little bit. Um, (laughs) Hmm. But there are, you know, different different approaches to to sort of, you know, post-death ceremonies um or ceremonies around death sometimes you know we cremate people and uh we spread their ashes or preserve them um oh sometimes we even build giant uh structures like you know you know pyramids and such um, from their bodies no no sorry that from like stone oh hmm that one confuses me the most but <laughs> yeah that makes yeah 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 it's uh you know, I think a lot of it comes from sort of, I'm just thinking of them. Feel free to kick this right back, Benny, if I'm completely off the mark. I think we kind of struggle with the thought of of passing away and uh, and not being here, you know, um, in the sort of realm that we are most familiar with. Um, I have a little bit of a complicated relationship <laughs> with yeah. that. But I think a lot of it does come from that where it's, you know, yeah, you know, obviously you would just want to be part of that cycle, but at the same time, the idea of kind of losing everything you've built up over your life is a little daunting, so. Hmm. Um, this is incredible, and I have to rewatch all this eventually. <laughs> I'm trying to listen to this out of one ear, and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Um, uh, meanwhile, uh, another thing that's amazing is apparently we, we've unlocked the lore drop. Um, hey, thank you so thank you. much, everyone. Um, wow, first one of the season. Uh, oh we are... Gosh. Still struggling with trying to get Sam's audio piped in. Um, I, I, you know, at some point we're we're gonna have to roll ahead. Um, but if if you could just keep uh, doing what you're doing for just a couple more minutes, thank you everybody for bearing with us. Okay. Well, and like I like to picture that Ulez is like short enough that on the subway they can kick their feet. Kick their feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and they will extend one of their legs and kind of gesture it like their booted booted foot. I do not understand why you don't recycle your bodies. I am made of recycled parts that have belonged to my people for centuries. We upgrade, we maintain, but I am all of my people and I am me. Ah, that's really beautiful. Oh, that's fact. Uh, uh, And also factual. Um, yeah, Benny, I don't know. I mean, we don't really, I mean, it might come back to the same thing of like, you don't, we have a problem with loss generally. 
we don't like to lose things or people that mean a lot to us. And so putting them back in the earth makes them into something else. And maybe yeah. that's why. Maybe that's part of why. Okay. Well, keep in mind, Ulez, like there are definitely some cultures that do see it that way and will do like air air funerals and, and air burials and stuff like that. So. Oh, wow. I should look into that. There's a lot of your society and your culture that I don't understand because I cannot rationalize it. I mean, same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if we're the primary source on us, you know... <laughs> You're already starting with a bit of a challenge. <laughs> so Sometimes we just do stuff because it's just been done that way for so long that that's just how we do it, even if it doesn't make sense, I guess. And, and sometimes we're, we think we've been doing something for a long time, but we haven't. But we new. think we have. So we're yeah. just like, that's how we've always done it. But you have records to prove otherwise? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. It's the thing that just because everybody does it, you just think that's normal. And it is normal now, but it might not always been normal. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that I can understand for sure. Hmm. Well, excuse the intrusive question, but when you die, will you be recycled? Do you have the option? I'm sure we could. Yeah, I think there's those little pods that you put in, put you under a tree, and and you grow a tree. Yeah, that's right. That yeah, a human-sized also... pod in a tr under a tree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like you sort of like contribute to the tree, and then people can visit the tree, and in a way, it's like they're visiting you. And that's that's that that's how we would be recycled, I guess. Yeah, I love that a lot. Hmm. I'm going to think about dead bodies and trees. Yeah, I'm not really sure what me specifically will happen because I don't know what I'm all made of. Right. And you're already kind of, I don't know what your situation is, but we might be outliers. Yeah. Yeah, we might have sort of a unique... Yeah. <laughs> you know, POV on this. <laughs> Okay, so Vion, not everybody is as powerful nor as transparent as you can be. You know, that's a really great question, Ulez. That's something I might have to look into because, I mean, the sort of my situation's a bit more specific in the same way that, you know, technically, I guess anyone could catch on fire, but very few people can sort of control it. Very few being only Benny. As far as I'm aware. I knew yeah. people were very flammable, but I hadn't discerned that not everybody could survive. Thank you. Oh yeah. That's, that's probably good to know. Um, we're, yeah. We're yeah. Flammable. That's why I don't, I like to not be on fire around other people because they are less likely to be okay afterwards. That yeah. makes sense. Okay. You know, uh, Ulez, and that's something I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to think about this because uh, you're starting to make me realize I have seen other ghosts, but it's it's been different. Um, I've never met sort of anyone like me except for, you know, one other one other entity. And, uh, well, you know, that's 
a whole nother thing. But with, 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 for you, when you're recycled, do you retain any, uh, I guess, memory of the experiences that your parts have gone through? That is optional, but I choose to. I did not want that. Oh, so you can consciously decide that. We are asked at many points in our life if we would like to feel the memories of our parts. It's a historical thing, and I have attempted it once at a ceremony, but I did not enjoy it. Ooh. Wow, heck, so hold on. It, so after you, and I don't mean for this to be morbid, but I guess, you know, <laughs> kind of a little bit past that. Uh, is there a chance that someone, if they inherit, uh, if that's the right word, um, you know, for example, your boot, that they might remember us? Correct. It is a part of our species. It is a necessity. Whoa. <laughs> That's kind of... Huh. So, um, Sam is working on getting back in. I, I you know, I, I am so sorry about this, um, but, uh, you know, um, uh, only so much we can do. Um, so... For now, I'm going to start things up a little bit, and I'm going to keep them moving super slow. Uh, so hopefully, uh, Sam does not miss you know anything really important. Um, and uh, I'm going to say uh, that you uh, arrive back uh, in Baronsdale, and um, why don't we say uh, you head up to Vion's? Uh, you know, it, 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 your meeting was in two hours. It probably took you, I don't know. 45 minutes or so to get back. You got an hour and 15 minutes until your meeting. And the meeting is just a couple of blocks from Vion's office uh, at Doran Park. Uh, so let's say, you know, you return and uh, um, you pass uh, Sandy, who is uh, standing out front, um, uh, just kind of, you know, watching the street from the stoop. And uh, he uh, sees you kind of coming in in a rush. And uh, he's just sort of like, hey, uh, what's up? Where's everybody headed? Uh, just dropping off our stuff real quick, and then uh, got like a meeting in a little bit. Uh, you gonna you know be moving that van anytime soon? It's been parked out front, and I don't know what that thing sticking out of the back is, but uh, you know it's like I think it's probably illegal to keep a refrigerator in a van like that. I don't know. I mean, the city's got a lot of weird ordinances, but um, uh, if I was you, I, I might lock it up. Uh, somewhere, if you want, I can I can maybe take care of that for you. You got a lot of time during the days. Um, Will you treat it kindly? Sure. You know it's still making that beeping noise, right? I have investigated, but I have not been able to determine it. Huh. Beeping is good, though. Beeping is activity. <laughs> beeping is activity. Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, Sandy, uh, you. you do you own the warehouses or am I misremembering that? Or did he just have a, a or not a warehouse, uh, storage units? Oh, he owns it. Yeah. What's your availability over there? Oh, uh, what you mean for the, uh, the refrigerator? Mm -hmm. Well, for y'all, uh, I could probably make some room, uh, free of charge. I mean, after all, <laughs> You did save my life just uh, a couple of weeks ago. Ula, that could be give you some space 
to work on it, not in the street. I would like that. A yeah. lot of people have asked me what I am doing and why, what is wrong with me? But there is nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. Hey, you got the keys? I'll move the van for you. I'll, I'll take it over to the storage facility and I can maybe, uh, you know, get the forklift to unload that thing. I don't know. It looks heavy. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, that'd be great, Sandy. Thank you so much. Sure. Uh, and uh, yeah, he takes the keys and, you know, he sort of walks down to the van and uh, opens the door and he gets in and he sort of starts it up and, you know, it sort of like backs up and it kind of taps the car behind him. It goes forward, it taps the one in front of him and he makes like sort of one of these like, you know, 95 point, uh, you know, parallel you know, pull out and uh, he um, eventually. Me and the truck I drove in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, city parking. It's just always like that. You got a spot and then like, you know, in the night, it's like, you know, somebody pulls up to each one of your bumpers. Um, and uh, yeah. And then you see him uh, take the van and uh, he heads uh, down, down the road, uh, taking the van off to carpet storage uh, where all this began. Um, gotcha. Uh, um, gotta get used to the new mic. Um, so yeah, you head on, on inside and, uh, we'll say you go up to Vion's apartment and you've got, you know, an hour left until your meeting. Have we decided to leave Cadrax behind so they refrain from violence? Uh, we're going to say Cadrax is still with you and okay. just kind of hanging silently for now. We'll, we'll <laughs> deal with that. Uh, um. All right. Um, does anyone need anything before we head out? Some refreshments? Benny? <laughs> Specifically, I guess. Yeah, the, one, the only person who freaking eats in this house. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe we'll grab. So, I mean, we've been out all day. She'd probably grab something to eat. Is there like anything we need to do? Like, do we trust that this is a normal meeting and that he's actually going to? I feel like I should speak it for Cadrex a little bit. Be like, what do we need to prepare from a tactical standpoint <laughs> before we go to this meeting? Like, yeah, if it is a normal meeting with Curtis, uh, it's going to be a dangerous meeting with Curtis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I guess maybe like a plan of attack. Maybe we can sort of load up on some. His only rule was no cops. Yeah. So, um, you know, we've got the armor. Maybe someone can, you know, toss that. I think that. that's already wearing that. Yeah, it's built into Ula's now. <laughs> yeah, you got that. Uh, we got two smoke bombs left, I think. Yes. You know, in case we sort of need that. May I have uh, one? Yeah. Here you Thank go. You. Benny, you want the other one? I mean, I would say I can make a lot of smoke on my own, so Okay. Maybe That's a good point. Yeah, you can I could I can always improvise that. Maybe <laughs> 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 you guys take the other one. <laughs> you know, let's see. We're in my apartment. We have an hour, is that right, Rick? Yeah, you got about an hour. Okay. How far is Sandy's warehouse? What's the travel time for that? Um, Sandy's warehouse is just a few minutes away. You know, it, it's actually also in Yard Hill. I think, uh, yeah, carpet storage is in Yard Hill, so um, it's 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 a few minutes. Um, okay, listen, I'm gonna pitch something real quick. Uh, 
I don't I don't expect to get into an altercation with Curtis. He seems pretty well, intent on. But you know, actually, Benny, good point. <laughs> I expect to get into a confrontation with Curtis. Um, and with that in mind, maybe we could try something over by Sandy's warehouse. You know, the Doc and I paired up. And we sort of combined our powers a little bit. Doc was kind of just, you know, throwing punches and we were both phasing through walls and stuff. Do we want to try like a power combo thing just to see what happens? That's actually really cool. <laughs> try not to like, you know, break anything, but I just was wondering, Benny, what would happen if you use ghost fire, for example, yeah. you know? Yeah. I would like to witness this. Uh, and then Ula's, we can see if, you know, I mean, we combined where we were like this light that was you know spooking out everybody That's, but that was so cool <laughs> <laughs> right, it's one of my favorite things ever it was so cool <laughs> but so like what if like, you uh you do like a light blast but you're a ghost so oh. maybe this is the time to quickly try that out before you know having to find out in the field <laughs> i think that is very rational oh, i, I would like to see ghost fire <laughs> Uh, all right, is Sandy still moving out of the spot? <laughs> I mean, uh, we could find a place that isn't a place of business, like if there's like an abandoned warehouse and not like an active storage unit. Like, yeah, that's maybe. a good point. <laughs> how, wait, sorry, where are we located? For how close are we to warehouse, the warehouse district? Like, I forget where we are. In, I was going to away map. from... Uh, uh, yeah, in fact, Jake, do we have the Baronsdale map? We can throw that up. Okay, so we're going to say uh, Cadrax sort of says that they are nervous that their presence might agitate Curtis since they messed up his whole former plan and he was particularly angry at them last time that he saw them. Um, and uh, they think if they show up, the situation is likely to escalate. Um, and uh, if Curtis still has Cadrax's powers, they definitely don't want to escalate the situation in a public place. Uh, so Cadrax is going to hang back at the apartment um, whenever you decide to go. So let's just pick up where you were at. And uh, if Sam can make it back in, Cadrax will sort of show up like uh, solo or something. Um, Change their mind. <laughs> right, so, yeah, as you can see on the map there, um, y'all right now are at Vion's apartment in Fort Tremble. And uh, um, Sandy's place is in Yard Hill right there. And uh, Yard Hill is also where Vion's office is. Uh, and, um, okay, so... All right, I got my attention was a little divided there. What are we doing exactly right now? We, we want abandoned to, warehouse? Yes. A, abandoned warehouse. Yeah. Okay, you know what? Why don't we say um yeah, you uh why don't we you, you head back to the Keyline Auto Aeronautics factory in Factory Park okay. there. Um it's a little bit out of your way, but um we'll say that you caught Sandy before he got away with the van and uh, <laughs> he dropped us off. <laughs> Yeah, he drops you off there. And uh, now, yeah, it's like it was this big, empty kind of factory that had like now broken walls with holes in them, thanks to y'all. And uh, it, the inside was sort of dilapidated and it had kind of grating on the floor, I think. And it was multiple, you know, it had like a, like a catwalk. Um, but otherwise, old, dusty, condemned factory. The three of you walk in. Uh, all right. Who wants to try first? I'm afraid. I would like to watch instead. Okay. So not Yes, that's us. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll put a hand on your shoulder, Benny. Okay. And then we'll both ghost. 
and then you'll you can you know try whatever you want to try all right okay oh, and boy. i'm also going to do this really quickly just to see if this is since we're having a little bit of fun anyway all right i ghost right season two high production value let's go that's the budget my learning what opacity is um <laughs> i did not know he was gonna do that omar that's amazing above and beyond okay here we go okay okay so you are gonna ghost while holding Touching Benny's like shoulder, so oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I love them. <laughs> this is the best. Okay, and now Benny, what are you gonna do? Okay, so the attempt would be um, aura, but localized hands. But first, I need to roll to see if it works because okay. that's still uh, something that I have to do. <laughs> oh, we're good. Okay, okay. So she takes a second. And I don't think she's been on fire in a while. She's been on kind of a run of like, yeah, I'm on fire a lot more than usual. And then it was like a couple of weeks of like nothing but contemplating burning things that made her angry and not actually doing it. So <laughs> she's kind of like a, oh boy. She's like, this might take a couple tries and kind of does the, the wind up and flicks in both of her hands start on fire. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> um... Let's see. Uh, when you are in ghosted form, um, I will say uh, the fire appears on your hands, but like you, the fire is, you know, ghosted, essentially, uh, translucent a little. Okay, so I don't know what this means, but something's happening. Wow. All right. Ghost fire. That's cool. Um, do you want to try like set seeing if it sets something on fire? Cause if it doesn't, that would be interesting. Yeah, I guess. Um, so I'm going to do, I'm going to try to combine two of my powers. I've never done this before, but she's going to kind of put one hand to the ground and I want to try to use control fire to make okay. it like crawl off of her hand, like Ooh. to extend um, it and, and okay. see if it catches on anything. Sure. Um, Let's see, make a power roll against, um, we'll, we'll consider that an act of control. So just against okay. your control power. Let me know okay. what you get. Okay, so my control. Oh boy, is, what did we start at? Level two, three, two? Two. Two, okay. So what is that? Then I add, I just add that to it? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's just, yeah. Um, five. <laughs> Um, and you remember, you got to roll a burnout die. Uh, Afterwards, right? so I can do it again. Yeah. So if I try to do, like, I think it's after that, after, like, I use it, I can use it. And then after I've used it, I roll to see if I can, I'll be able to do it again. Oh, okay. For the page, yeah. Um, so what did you get? Five. Three plus Five. two. Three plus two. Um, the fire will not, you know, leave your hand. Oh. And I'll just like put it on something. <laughs> I'll just whack something with it. <laughs> um, what do you whack? Uh, um, there was a chair in here before where where Sandy was tied up, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. If it was like a wooden chair, I'll try to like grab the back of it. See if it uh, catches. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if he was tied up to a chair, but let's just say that there was one there. Um, and uh, 
you know, your hand and the fire pass right through it. Oh, that's right. Oh. I haven't done the ghost thing before. Forgot about that. <laughs> okay. So this just kind of chills. Do you have anything on your person that like a like a tissue or like something that was ghosted with you that we can see if can burn as ghost? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll pull out my wallet. <laughs> and I've got like receipts and stuff in there. Oh, okay, okay. A ghost like, receipt? I'll, like return like, like, a ghost receipt. Like this one's just for like a, you know, a, like this one's for a yeah. cortado. So it's not like, <laughs> I usually write these off. It's kind yeah, of thing, yeah, yeah. I'm not worried about this one. $4. So, so kind of set her hand like off to the side, but like back so that he could put something in her hand that's, it, that is ghosted. See if it catches on ghost fire. <laughs> Okay, and I'm going to say the second, since it's just paper, right, just receipts is what you said, um, the second it connects with the ghost fire, the ghosted paper burns, just as oh. you get, like regular paper. Follow-up question, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> We're just making Rick run through fantasy Ooh. and sci-fi. Like logic. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a speed run of world no, building. I have meticulously planned out how this, all this works in advance, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Does it, do, do the flames hurt me, the holder oh, yeah. of the now burning receipt? Yes. You feel the burn. Oh. Like, let's say you, well, how you, are you, how are you holding the receipt? Uh, like with, uh, let's see. Here like he's, you're like dangling it over, like. Like dangling it over the flame. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, as if you were like, were holding a match and kind of like it burned up, you know, and like, hit, you know, singed your fingers. You feel like just like a, the quick burn of heat. It's like, in your own, you're just like, ah. That's interesting. So ghost fire affects ghost things? Yeah, I guess so. Well, I guess that's. One way to cool me down, but then that would put you in danger. So I don't. Yeah. Worried. Well, that's good to know because that would have been a great shortcut, but it looks like that would bring pain to me. Yeah. That's kind of like an emergency only situation. I mean, I can kind of like move it now a little bit. Maybe if I couldn't turn it off. If I could move it off of like my forearm or something, you mm -hmm. grab me and ghost me, and then I'm not hurting anybody anymore. But I don't, that's a lot of layers and speculation that everything will work the way it's supposed to because it doesn't yeah. always do that. But also, let's say if Curtis gets like ghost powers again or someone does and they're running around being uh -huh. a ghost, well, I can get him. Yep, that's a great way to push <gasps> them back into corporeal form. That's good to know. Oh, okay. Or, you know, burn the ghost self. That's, yeah. Can you light other ghosts on fire? Apparently, if I've burned... I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which really... Yeah, I guess we'll have to think about that one. That's a, if, I don't know if okay. it's a like damage or the sensation or... If you have something with you, if you pulled it, if you had another receipt and you dropped mm -hmm. it, does it unghost or is it a still a ghost until you have unghosted? I believe it's a ghost the sec I believe it unghosts the second I drop it. And I can test okay. it. I can pull out another one. Yeah, okay. So sir. And I drop fire. it. Well yeah. yeah. And let's say the second it leaves your hand, it solidifies. Okay, so what if you light it on fire first? Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> you okay. roll it up so it, I don't know, make it stiffer so it doesn't go out Here immediately. Uh, I hold it out. And then I drop it instantly the second it goes on fire. 
And uh, yeah, the fire kind of becomes real fire as the paper solidifies and, you know, burns to the floor and flutters away in ash. That's really cool. Okay. I don't know we can do that for, but we can do something with it. That's for sure. That's pretty great. I mean, I'm thinking like we could like jump through levels and then quickly unghost and then oh, suddenly that whatever's on fire and then you know <laughs> go back to go. You know, I don't know. Now the the trip to Factory Park by car probably took you about like 15 minutes. Oh shit! Okay. Okay. Take you about 15 minutes to get back. Let's say you got like another 10 or 15 minutes here before okay. you probably got to go, and, and and then you're cutting it close. Uh, anything else you want to try? Before this, uh, are you still ghosted, Benny? Uh, I am ghosted, so. Okay. Oh. oh, my God. That is the greatest thing ever. I, oh, <laughs> Omar, you're, you're getting a cookie, man. That was good. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so, yeah, anything else you want to try while you're here? Do you want to try anything? Or if you're uncomfortable, you don't have to do it. Well, I... I do not think we'll really benefit with our powers combined. There's no power boost. Yeah, I don't know what it... Yeah, because you blast out a beam of light. Mm -hmm. It is long range. But it doesn't really separate from you, does it? Nope. It comes from my hand. I'm not entirely sure why. Hmm. It really should be... It can drain the energy from others and I can absorb that myself as well as energies I have absorbed. I can heal you human folk with as well or plants. I mean, I haven't really had much luck with plants, but I am still trying. Okay. So I guess the two things on the table is one, if we have to blast a a ghost or someone who's incorporeal, we should be able to do that because it's a connected beam of light to you. So it's not going to, you know, undetached like the receipt. Oh. But also, I wonder, can you drain the life? Can you drain the ghost force of a ghost? I would love to try. May I? Oh, oh. Hmm, it might hurt. Yeah. <laughs> that one we might have to just hold on to to try in the field. Okay. <laughs> I mean, because, yeah, I mean, well, I don't I mean, really want to. I mean, maybe on a day in which we don't have a meeting with a known criminal, I mean, I can take a hit. Oh, I see. But you ghost both of us, and then they try then to take hit, hit Yeah, me. you know, yeah. For yeah. science? Yes. For science, yeah. I'll take a hit for science. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll just kind of, we'll do that on a, on a slow day. Okay. Okay. Uh, that will be interesting. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, I'm still trying to, Brain around light and fire. I feel like there's something there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe when we have Cadrax, we can pose that to them. Yeah. I mean, I can heal you if you are injured. And you've somehow never truly been injured. I think that well, one time a little bit. But... A little bit once, yeah. Hmm. I mean... <laughs> I know, I'm very, I really, I want to find something here. I don't know, light can also make heat. Oh. Can you make a fire that then Benny can manipulate? Because sometimes my fire doesn't... That's a question for the DM. I don't know if I, so my, I have control over, I have fire control. Yeah. Can I 
make fire? Can I start something on fire with my brain that isn't me? Because well, that's a, I believe that's a, um, a, a limit is you can't create your own. You know, it, it is a limit to that power, you know, sort of like, uh, what's the name? Pyro from X-Men. It's like you control the fire, but not created. But yeah. as a separate power, you also have your aura. Yeah. And it's like, I sort of feel like just turning your aura on is, you know, I don't, I, I don't make you roll for that essentially because like, you know, if you're not. Well, actually- I, I do have to because of my limit. Yeah, you have to roll your limit, but I think yeah. you can always turn it on. The question yeah. is just, like, or, you know, you, you can always try that. It's just if, yeah. if the die stops you. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's like, if you can start your own fire, like if you can turn your aura on, I would say, yes, you can kind of always create fire from the direction of, you know, your own body. Um, like you okay. can't like, you know, point at an object and start that object bursting in flames. You'd have to like essentially okay. control your own flame. Um but if your limit stops you, then you would be limited to whatever fires in the room. So um, if if Ulez started something across the building on fire, if their light was hot enough, then I could take it from there, hypothetically. Yeah. Ulez, to start a fire with your light, you probably need to spend a point of determination and oh. do that as a stunt. Yeah. Um, because it's not exactly what your power does, but it does seem to me as something that reasonably that like, you know, with a little bit of determination, you might be able to pull off once in a while, you know. Cool. Uh, ah, I like this. We are coming up with a very good team plan. Mm. Yeah. I'm it's- so intrigued at what ghost sound would look like, but Gadrex <laughs> is in here. <laughs> Well, let's say we'll, we will definitely clear some time for some more we'll yeah. training strategy um, <laughs> sections because uh, this has just been utterly delightful. This I mean, honestly, all it's like, forget the superhero action. I think this show should just be all like talking like about Science. art, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, philosophy and all the um, Science and art of superpowers. <laughs> <hosted by Rick. laughs> yeah, Zen and the art of superpowers. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, it's like, uh, yeah, this is our Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance episode. Like, mm-hmm. Art, science, and philosophy are all just different aspects of the same whole, you know, kind of. Um, so, yeah, we'll say that uh, Sandy, who has been waiting for you out in the van, kind of honks. Uh, and he's like, hey, you said you needed to get uh, to the park by, you know. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and uh, he uh, whoops, uh, he um, takes you, uh, we will say, over to Doran Park, back to Yard Hill. And... Uh, why don't we say he drops you off um, two blocks away from the park and then he disappears with the van. It's like, all right, I'm going to go drop off this thing at the storage facility. I'll, I'll let you know which locker it's in later. And uh, he, he zooms off, leaving you by the park, uh, by Doran, like about uh, two blocks away from Doran Park. Uh, okay. Uh, we'll just like head on over. I want to keep an eye just to make sure I see Curtis there. Okay, um, you're all approaching from the same direction, staying in a bunch. <laughs> Don't word uh, it like that. I mean, oh, I just want to be clear of what is going on, not for any particular reason. I would say uh, we're not Cadrex, probably. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes. Sorry, Sam. That's outside and beyond, or Ulez will lean in between the two of them. Like, we're very clumped, you know? Mm hmm. I mean, Ben is super paranoid, but I think that's manifesting in a way of like, like keeping an eye out, not in like the tactical way. <laughs> okay, absolutely perfect. And in fact, let me make some awareness rolls for you all. Gosh, I have a smoke bomb. It's fine. It's good. It's great. 
Okay, we'll say that you approach uh, Doran Park, um, let's say, you know, from, uh, you know, the southeast corner. And uh, when you walk up there, it's, it's like I described, it's one of these parks that essentially just occupies, a, you know, an entire kind of block of its own. It's got a couple of benches around the outside. Uh, in the middle of the park, there is um, a statue um, of, uh, let's say, um, um, uh, Mr. Serrano, um, uh, who, who built the hospital that is nearby. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, get a, you get a look at him. I will fill uh, Sam in on this later, assuming that they have already passed this a million times in their life on the way to the hospital. Uh, and, you know, you see this guy, and uh, I think we said he, he looks like uh, Andy Garcia. He was, was our casting there. Um, and uh, that's just right in the middle. It's an old statue. It's been there for a long time. And um, as you sort of scan around, uh, there are a few people in the park, let's say, I don't know, you know, 10, 12, something, not a lot. It's not really packed. A couple of people scattered on benches. Um, it's it's a city park. There's probably a couple of homeless people sleeping on the benches. There are a couple of kids playing in, you know, in, the, in, in a sandbox. Uh, it's, you know, otherwise not really busy. And uh, they're um, uh, all the way on, on the other side of the park uh, sitting on a bench um, you see Curtis Haber, and he's kind of sitting forward and kind of looking around. He looks very kind of on edge. Okay, I say we just walk up. Oh, yes, I was going to wave at him from here, but... Oh, yeah, you can also wave, Ulez. Okay, you wave. Um, he did not exactly spot you at first, but as you start walking closer, uh, he, he sort of takes notice of you uh, and he stands and then uh, he sort of like holds up his hand and he's like, that, that's far enough. Just stop right there. Um, when you're, let's say you're about, I don't know, 50 feet away from him or so. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Uh is that like is it gonna be hard to hear him at 50 feet do i have to call him uh it's kind of quiet out here um you know it's i think if you talk loudly you'll be able to hear each other okay hey curtis hey where's the other one keeping an eye out yeah keeping an eye out and he kind of like looks around Cops? Did you bring cops? Do you see any? <laughs> That's what Cadrax looking out is for. Obviously, no cops. Did you bring brick? <laughs> brick is in a safe place. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. Good to know. So... I don't know exactly how this is supposed to work. Uh, you called us I, here, dude. Yeah, but how, how do I turn myself in for starting an earthquake? We can put you in a warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Warehouse. Here's the thing, Curtis. Do you Do you want to come clean to the law? Or are you just tired of running? Well, if you know another way out, but right now, 
I, I'm spending every minute of every day looking over my shoulder. I, I got to sleep with one eye open. Cops are on the rampage after me and have been for days. Ever since that attack, sorry, weeks. Uh, ever since, ever since I tried to hit Mickey's place. You know, there's a lot of information that uh, the Port Ruby Police Department, specifically the detective department, might be interested in. And if you wanted us to sort of, I mean, we've got a point of contact, sort of a fan of mine. And uh, if you want us to try to broker some sort of deal, that's something we could do. Who, who, who is this point of contact? Detective at the age at the at the police department. You trust this person. Well, let's just put it this way. He definitely saw us at Mickey Bombers and we've just been walking around going to museums. So And an Arbitorium. And an Arbitorium. Arbitorium. We can take you sometime. They're open three days a week. That is true. Yeah, I'll think about that. Um, huh. You wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't happen to know any lawyers, would you? I mean, yeah. Because <laughs> I could probably use a good one right about now. Yeah, we know a good lawyer specializes in kind of our whole deal, actually. Yeah, actually, we might know the perfect lawyer for your situation, come to think of it. Huh. So we got a lawyer, mm -hmm. and we got a cop that we trust. Yep. All right, I'll tell you what. You go call your lawyer, and you go call your cop. And if they're in, I'm in. Okay. And just to be, just so we have all of our I's dotted, what exactly is the information that you can, that you are willing to offer up? I guess I, I got to confess to snapping that guy's neck at Mickey's place. Yeah. But I think finding out about you know, Mickey's operation at large is probably worth quite a bit to the department, so. Yeah, what, I think Vian's asking, what can you give them in return for you not, you know, getting hit with quite so much of a punishment or percussions? Yeah, a lot of this heat's on you, and to be quite honest, I mean, you know, there there is justice and law for the stuff that you did, but also there's a lot of, you know, stuff that I think is the fault of other people. So. Well, I was pretty low level. I mean, even if I did want to turn informant, I mean, I'm not sure exactly what I could tell you. I know. <sighs> Mickey's got some kind of, I don't know. He's got contacts all over the police, all over the government. I I don't know who necessarily these people are, but I don't know. I'm willing to cooperate. Okay. That's good. 
Good to know. We're going to also take that into consideration. We're going to make sure that anyone that you eventually speak to is, as far as we know, on the up and up and not secretly in Mickey's pocket. All right. Well, I'll just wait here then. Okay. Would you like some snacks? What do you got? Benny, what do we have? But I didn't read them. <laughs> Benny will sling her. Um, she has like her camera bag backpack up. Um, and there's probably like, I don't know, what would Vian have in his kitchen? Like granola bar? Or you wouldn't have anything. You don't eat food. You have coffee uh, beans. Coffee. <laughs> Jesus. No, Benny has then probably has her own shit. Cause she does. Okay. I feel like what she's used to currently is like this shit. <laughs> like, so I think she goes through and she's probably got like, she's like, I have a couple of like granola bars or like potato chips. Granola bars and potato chips. <laughs> I share an apartment with like four people, dude. I don't know what you want from me. Um, oh, by the way, Jake, I think we can take down the map now, by the way. Thanks. Um, uh, so, yeah. Um, Curtis sort of looks over you. He's like, uh, you know what? I, I, I think I'm good. Uh, I'll. I can lob it. I've got a good arm. If you're freaked out about getting close. Yeah. Yeah. Probably Benny? not potato chips. I don't think I could throw those very far, but the <laughs> granola bar's got some weight. Make a roll for your granola bar throw. Let's call it uh, <laughs> co- coordination. Coordination. Goddamn. I feel like I got to throw hard. <laughs> oh, you want to? Like strength. Like strength. I got to throw it really hard. <laughs> like, you want to make it strength. Okay. I'm just trying to get it going for distance. I'm not going for like accuracy is like. <laughs> like a make long a throw. throw. And Curtis will roll coordination to see if you can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so roll to throw granola. Oh, okay, 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 10. <laughs> uh, okay, well, you pitch it and it goes like flying and he kind of like <laughs> goes to grab it and it just zooms right past him and he can't quite get it. Well, it's over there to him so he can find it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll handle it. Just go go call your lawyer and your detective friend. <laughs> okay. Please, try and hurry. <laughs> uh, at any second here. All right, I can, I can call Leon, Leon Neal, okay. detective. And talk to him really quickly. Sure. You actually had his business card, uh, and we'll say he worked at um, the thirty uh, third uh, precinct in uh, Baronsdale. And uh, you um, should we wait? Hold on. Should we talk to Dalen first? Oh yeah. Before yeah re- yeah a hundred percent. We because like I feel like that's the that's the trajectory. Maybe this conversation should happen. Dalen advise us. Yeah, Dalen? on how to handle this. Oh, you want to call Dalen as the lawyer you're talking Well, Dalen was, Dalen was, uh, she was like a legal secretary, I think, right? Um, I thought she was, I thought she was like getting into like law, pra- I thought that was her whole thing was that she was uh, going into like deal with this law particular thing, like. Yeah, um, let, let's say for now you can't quite reach Dalen. Okay. Um, uh, we sent her an email with like vague. Like, not the particulars, but like, hi, we have, we would like your legal counsel on this particular thing so that she can read it and get back to us. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Okay. That's so weird. Wow. It's like, this is great. I thought the lawyer you were going for was Audrey Reed. Audrey Reed. Yeah. Oh, Oh. shit. Maybe. Okay. I had the wrong. 
No, Maybe it's she, okay. We should talk to. <laughs> I yeah, forgot to, she was a lawyer. I was like vigilanteism, which she is in my head. <laughs> no, but I do. Dalen does also have legal expertise, so it's like you know, between all of you, how would you like to handle that? Because yeah, yeah, I I misread that. I mean, if we can't get hold of Dalen, then we would reach out to Reeves. Yeah, Audrey Reeves. Okay. Sorry, that was um, my bad. I forgot she was a lawyer. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's okay. I forgot that Dalen had a legal background. So I was so prepared for that, but um, you know, let's. Uh, okay, so you, you call. Uh, you get the answer at Audrey Reeves' office. It's late at night, but uh, you know she works all the time. And uh, yeah, Reeves. Hey, how's it going? Who is this? Oh, sorry, it's Vion, and uh, and I point to Ulez. Oh, it is Ulez, and I have a very cool cape now. And, so wait, and, is this a phone call? What is this? You yes, this is a phone oh. call. We're interested in your services. Um. Well, oh, I, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. It's a yeah. phone call. I. Well, I'm a public defender. Um. So unless you committed a crime, you're not really entitled to my services. Well, we know somebody. Someone who committed a crime. Yeah. Yep. Who would that oh. be? <laughs> Looks behind us. Mm. Uh, I mean, we should. I guess this is. Yeah, we can just say it, right? Yeah. Um, Curtis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Haber. Curtis Haber. I know that name. Why do I know that name? You remember Mafia the earthquake? Affiliations. Ooh, earthquake. That's a good yeah. one too. Was in custody, mysteriously got out of said custody. Yeah, went to go steal some money. Right. I think I saw something about this on the news. Mm-hmm. And you got this guy? I mean, he's just right here. We know him. Yeah. He's looking to turn himself in. Yeah, he's tired of running. And we're trying to not put him back in the pocket of, you know, the mob or whatever. Yeah. And we have a, a detective who seems to be, you know, pretty congenial with us. Who's your detective? Uh, Leon Neal. Hmm. I'm going to look into him. Uh, let's say, uh, all right, if this guy's planning on turning himself in, he is going to need a representation. So uh, why don't you bring him by my office uh, in an hour. I should be here for a while. Great. Well, that works out perfectly. All right. See you soon. And she hangs Bye. up. Did she mention that she was happy I have a cape like hers? <laughs> I don't well, think, I think she, you, can, you can show it to her and then yeah. she can see it, you know? It's yeah. More, yeah, you got to, you know, you, you hear it. It's one thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. She was my inspiration. I think she's going to be happy to hear that. And 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 Ulez, if in case she looks like she's not or doesn't quite react, I'm sure it's on the inside. Ah, okay. Hey, Curtis. Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> and he sort of turns and looks at you. We got you a meeting. With who? A lawyer. Public defender. What about your cop? She's looking into him for us. Double check. Is that good enough for you? All right. And he takes a bite of the granola bar. <laughs> chews on it and he swallows and then he throws the rest of it and, you know, tosses it in the garbage can that's nearby. And he's like, and I guess it's time to uh, do this. 
and uh, he kind of shakes a little bit and starts walking towards you. And uh, he takes a few steps, and, and, and then all of a sudden there's a little bit of like a crackle in the air around him, and he stops, and he looks. And then like there's this little bit of like this kind of green kind of crackling like glow, like electricity, and it just sort of like a and then all of a sudden, zoom, and there's like this flash, and now standing to either side of him, out of nowhere, appear two people wearing these heavy green robes with these big green hoods pulled over their heads. And Curtis looks around, he's like, what the hell? Who the, who, who the fuck are you? And then one of them puts their hands on his shoulders and then in another crackle and the three of them just vanish right in front of your eyes. Oh, no. What the, that happened right in front of our eyes, right? Yeah. I mean, you just said that. Sorry, Rick. That was <laughs> no, that's right. Just, um, yeah, I, I'm just, <laughs> ten feet away as he was walking towards you. I would like to run over and touch the ground where that just happened, and I would like to try to recall that moment, <gasps> just to understand what we're even looking at. Um, okay, that's um, make a postcog roll. Hmm. Okay. Here we go. Okay, that's a six. Total six? Yeah, total six. You kind of feel around on the ground, but you don't get anything. Okay, yeah, I don't do this a lot. Like, you, you can't seem to find a spot to touch, you know, and uh, yeah. that, 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 that summons anything for you. We might need to reschedule that meeting. Yeah. Interesting form of transportation. Yeah. And on that, as the three of you are standing there, having seen Curtis Haber just pulled into midair by those people in robes, we will see you next week. Uh, uh, <laughs> stick around for the first after credits lore drop of the season. I'm so sorry we weren't able to bring Sam back to you. We'll get them briefed on all this stuff. Uh, so uh, that. Oops, okay. Uh, we will get them briefed on all this stuff so that they're up to date. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for hanging with us tonight and uh, for, for unlocking the lore drop. Um, wow, Power Play Season uh, season 2, Episode 1. A little rocky, but on the board. Um, uh, tech problems happen. Uh, so why don't we uh, go around the table and we'll let the good uh, people know where to find you, um, starting with uh, Omar. Hi, I'm Omar. You can find me at Omar Najam. That's it. Sorry, I'm a PA, so like I don't, I don't do yeah, a lot of projects did. anymore. <laughs> Omar doesn't do a lot of stuff, but uh, he's very funny on Twitter. Follow him on Twitter. Um, uh, Caitlin. Hi, I'm Caitlin. You can find me on Twitter at K-K-A-M-A-B-R. Um, otherwise, if you like me in this tabletop RPG stuff, you can find me on Wednesdays at twitch.tv slash rule of lore for our uh, cipher system uh, in our homebrew setting called Infinite Horizon. It's very fun. I play a little glow bug. Um, she's an alien. It's great. Um, I don't, I had a lot of stuff happening last week, but that all happened. You know what? I'm going to go to my Twitch channel. If you're bored and have like need something on the background for like three hours, I did a charity stream where my sisters cut all of my hair off. Um, and it's so funny. <laughs> it's very funny. So that's the VODs available on my Twitch channel. It's just, it's K A. 
M-A-B-R, only one K, but it's, yeah, <laughs> check that out if you're bored and need a laugh. My sisters crack me up. That's yeah, all I have back on. <laughs> it was great. And the hair just came out fantastic. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> my, the, my, the beautiful art and my lovely bold spot from my sister's <laughs> attempts at, it's fun. It's a good time. I have a bowl cut. I have a rat tail. It's a lot happens. <laughs> and uh, Bijola. Yeah, what's up? My name is B. You can find me on Twitter. It's at B underscore Zelda. Add an extra underscore if you want to follow me on Instagram. I'm a podcaster. I'm a member of the Broadswords, all women non-binary actual play podcast that releases episodes every other Monday. On Tuesdays, every other Tuesday, you can catch me on the official World 20 channel streaming indie showcase where we play indie games for funsies and if you also want to watch something that's already aired um that should be up on the world 20 youtube that has caitlin we did thirsty sword lesbians and it was very very thirsty other than that uh sundays right before this show i stream on the kobold press channel some classic DD where i play the most dapper of minotaurs and then as always find me here with these fabulous humans uh, and yeah, unfortunately, Sam Dlev is not here uh, to do their own sign off. We love Sam. Uh, follow Sam on Twitter at Tchaikovsky, C-H-A-I-K-O-V-S-K-Y, or on Instagram at, at Lovely, And uh, they're on 5,000 shows. Clear Skies right here on Q Times, which I think is back now or coming back or something uh, soon. Uh, and is on, um, yeah, right here on Q Times. Uh, and uh, yeah, so check out Sam. And I'm Rick Bud. You can find me on Twitter at rbud913, or you can follow the show at uh, Powerplay RPG on Twitter or Instagram. And uh, I think that is it as far as sign-off stuff. Um, once again, you know, we, we, we will have Sam back for you next week. And with that, uh, the first lore drop of season two. Um, which I'm so sorry, Sam is not around for. Oh no! Um, but okay, so. We are in an auction house somewhere in Avalon. The room is packed with extremely wealthy people all holding bidding panel, uh, you know, paddles. And uh, the auctioneer steps up to the microphone. Our next item is number 213 in your catalog, the Star of Astrovia. Once the property of the Astrovian royal family, this 34 carat diamond was stolen in a peasant revolt almost a thousand years ago. After that, it passed through a series of hands, ultimately ending up in the collection of the current owner who prefers to remain anonymous. The diamond is, of course, famous for its teardrop shape and uniquely pink hue. We will open the bidding at $10 million. And immediately, a flurry of paddles go up. 11 million, 12 million, the auctioneer struggles to keep up, the bidding is climbing so fast, and it goes all the way up to $33 million, and that high bid comes from a very powerful looking man in an incredibly expensive suit sitting in the front row. He looks very smugly satisfied when all of the other panels, paddles go down. Um, if I had to cast this guy, I would say he was uh, Scott Bakula. And... Uh, the auctioneer looks around the room. Do I have any other bids? There is silence. 33 million going once. 33 million going twice. Sold to Mr. Jonathan Fripp. And on that, we'll see you next week. Hey, everyone. This is Rick. 
If you like what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. Your review helps other fans find the show, which really helps us out too. And if you're looking for other ways to support PowerPlay, follow us on Twitter at PowerPlayRPG for news about merchandise, giveaways, and everything else we do.